Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Leland, we went to the Stewart's Draft Riverheads game this weekend, and it kind of went as expected. And I don't mean this as any disrespect to Stewart's Draft, but just from what I had seen coming into that game, I had seen Stewart's Draft, I had seen Riverheads, and Stewart's Draft just more years than normal felt more one-dimensional to me, and it's a dimension I've seen Riverheads control with ease. And so I kind of just felt like they're not going to move the ball. Maybe their defense gets some stops, but it's not going to be a smooth. This isn't the same Stewart's draft defense we're used to seeing from them. And and Riverhead's going to put up points, and and it's just going to be a gap that they're never able, they're never going to be able to overcome. And that's kind of what happened, except maybe with less stops. Yeah, maybe less stops than I thought we would see from Stewart's draft. Riverheads went right down the field and scored on that first possession, and and you you did kind of just feel like. They're going to do a lot more than that than not. And uh, it just went from there. I, I agree. Uh, and I go into those kind of games with more pessimism than you, obviously, uh, just because I'm kind of built that way, especially with with Riverheads being a Riverheads homer. I still find ways of like, oh, this is how it could go wrong. And I, it's never, never that way. I mean, I always pick Riverheads, but I, I do try to like, all right, what's the ways that we could get got? And uh, yeah, we, we weren't there um, with that. And, and we were watching a game that, was all riverheads. They held Stewart's draft to like 113 yards of offense and then put up 339 of their own. They they got two interceptions. So when Stewart's draft did try to be multidimensional, especially late, Riverheads was there to kind of close the door on it. Um they had the running game working with uh King to Cash and Talbot, you know, three touchdowns between them. It was good. Uh that was the first time I got to see Baylor Graber. I I I Kid's didn't good. doubt the hype. I yeah. didn't doubt the hype, and I believe it even more so. He didn't have a great, you know, he had nine carries, 30 yards. He ran the ball the most because with his nine carries, they just didn't have the ball enough to get him a bunch of carries, 16 carries or something like that. Um, so, uh, but he's good. He's got, you know, he's going to be fun to watch. I think we kind of got into it on the broadcast on Friday of they have a lot to look forward to at Stewart's draft, and that's a program, you know, if this is their dip, this is pretty good. Like, I mean, you, everybody, every program would take this kind of dip where like their bad year is still playoffs, you know, still, you know, having some kind of hope of, of positiveness and a winning season kind of thing. Cause you know, there's, there's other teams in our area that when they dip, they dip to two wins or less. So um, I, I think, you know, positive ahead. I think uh, you can look at these years ahead as, honestly going into those seasons hoping to contend for the region and, and not being laughed at and uh it's behind those baylor behind baylor graber particularly but his brother's still gonna be there next year um the more kids still gonna be there there's just a lot of pieces and this year was their big year of they had to replace a lot of pieces on defense that weren't even seniors like they lost a lot of depth on the defensive side of the ball and they've really had to retrain it and the defense has seemed to get better throughout the season because as much as, I mean, Riverhead's put up 339 and 28 points, like, you know, it wasn't some kind of, you know, down the field blowout by Riverheads. I mean, there was still resistance. So I, I think that defense is going to continue to get better because that's what we've seen in Stewart's draft. It's easy to believe that. And, and you've got to like the pieces on offense. So, and as much as I just talked about Baylor Graber on offense, on defense, he, he might be better. So, yeah. Uh, and we've had those kind of guys come through. Stewart's draft has had Aaron Nice that came through there. Um, Riverheads has Caden Cook Cash, and they've had others. Um, you know, he, he's going to put himself in the ballpark of these guys, probably forge his own path, but he's going to be a great player. So I think even in a loss by 25 points, I still took positives. 
for the future of Stress Draft. Now, I'm not going to sit here and come up with how as the eight seed, they're going to knock off the one seed here in two weeks. I, I don't have that story here. But I think I got my notes for next August when we go into that season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Baylor Graber is going to be very good. Landon Graber will be back for one more year. And I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see what they can do uh, with the Graber brothers next year. But and we talked about it in the tailgate show and even the post game show. Some like, uh, again, no disrespect to Stewart's draft, but you're going to be the eight seed no matter what happens the rest of the year. Yeah. And I don't see them beating central uh, or Riverheads in in a first round matchup. And so. It's about trying to see what what next year is going to do. And I think that there's a lot of promise there at Stewart's draft. Uh, unlike other years, I don't think the hit from people walking across the stage is going to be as big. So I, I think Stewart's draft yeah, yeah. is is more. Uh, we're going to see a more familiar Stewart's draft kind of season next year. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of teams that would love, you know, this down year for Stewart's <laughs> draft. They would love for that to be their season. But. Um, I think we're going to see Stewart's draft kind of get back to normal next year. Um, speaking of teams that would love to be where Stewart's draft is, I think Wilson Memorial is one of those teams. This is a team that, yes, they have the same record, but it has not been the same kind of vibes. This is, I feel a lot better about Stewart's drafts five and four. And I'm not just saying that because they're in an easier region in two B than three C, but it kind of feels like Stewart's drafts five and four has been just better. Like they've, They've won some games you didn't think they might win. They've they've looked competitive yeah. outside of this Riverheads game. They've looked competitive in in other games. Wilson is this was a you seven point game that they beat Waynesboro. That honestly, I kind of thought we would see Waynesboro as the night unfolded. I was like, I think Waynesboro might win this. Like, yeah. And you I, and I, I both. I think others were surprised. I don't know how surprised. No, we, were. we both said this were, is going to be a tight game because. Yeah. We knew Waynesboro had the big playmaking ability, and Wilson is a team that kind of lends itself to having big plays made against it. So not surprised to see this game be close. Wilson does hold on and win and, and keeps their hopes of a, a winning season alive at least, but man, this is just a team that I, I don't know how you would have any faith in that happening, uh, knowing that their last game is against Stewart's draft. Yeah. I, I like your point of like the five and four just feels different. I, I, yeah. I think like the four losses just feel different, even though like they both lo- lose to Fort defiance. I, I like how Stewart's draft lost to Fort better than I liked how Wilson mm-hmm. did. I mean, they dropping the ball on the ground. Stewart's draft loses to Riverheads. I, I like how they did it more than I like what, how Wilson lost to Riverheads 37, nothing dropping the ball on the ground. Uh, you know, they played Rustburg and got the brains beat in, but you know, I, I like that better than how, Wilson got their brains beat in by Turner Ashby when they put the ball on the ground. So, I mean, that's the common theme. Um, They were better with that this week. Um, And, you know, maybe because all the eyes weren't on, you know, Wilson and Waynesboro this week. And and they they did well offensively, but defensively kind of let them down. But they did have a senior player like Ryan Mundy who scores two touchdowns late, including a kickoff uh, return touchdown that was the, the winning points of the game. And that's why you have that guy around, you know, that's, that's what Ryan Mundy is. So I like highlighting that guy. He's done great through his career. And he was a big piece of the puzzle last year when they did make the playoffs and where they w- were, where they wanted to be. And, and so you feel bad for those seniors in this spot. And this isn't the only team that can say that for you, you feel bad for these seniors that aren't going to get to enjoy that, you know, ride into the sunset moment. And it almost kind of maybe feels like that was that, that moment for him. Like that was the kickoff return that kind of 
puts the cap on his career, even though they got one more game against a team that I, I feel like is better mentally and, and going to come into that game ready to win it more so. Um, but so I like that for Ryan Mundy. Wilson does have younger players that are producing, and you, you like the move they made with quarterback. He was productive in this game. You like the um, Jones kid at running back. He was productive in this game. They lose Mundy and Tabler, but I, I do think you can rebound from those. But you, you just want to go into next year if you're Wilson. I, I don't mean to just turn all these conversations into ending this year and starting the next year, but you want to start next year fresh. You're going to play the same teams early that this year that you dropped the ball in the ground. Just go through those games. Even if you lose them, just, just show up better and then don't have those same common mistakes. And, uh, and that'll make you feel a lot better. And I think that second half of the season we envisioned for Wilson where they can maybe go on a run, um, maybe maybe mentally they're in that place next year. But they didn't hit it this year. This Waynesboro game, I think, kind of reminds you of that because Waynesboro doesn't have the same kind of talent Wilson does. And uh, they played them very even throughout that game and was leading it for a short period, but leading. And uh, while, while Waynesboro's getting better, they're not there. And so um, – Credit to them. I and in the same way as I'm kind of neat putting my knee on uh, Wilson with this. Credit to Waynesboro for coming in and playing and not, you know, expecting to lose. And uh, that gives me hope for them in in future years with all their young guys that they're gonna have some idea of what it takes to win. And I think uh, we were seeing some of that effort against Wilson, and and we'll see how that expands in the future. I think that's the interesting thing about this Waynesboro team. Yeah, they have some guys who are going to graduate, but they haven't quit, right? Like, they've gotten better Absolutely each week of the not. season. Yeah. And I think at this point in the season, it'd be super easy to quit. But they, they're getting better as each week of the season goes on, and I think that's, you know, credit to the coaching there at Waynesboro for that. Um, and they're, they're, playing, they're playing well in this game. They, they could have won this game. But, again, looking to next week now where Wilson and Stewart's draft, that's, that's the last game of the year for Wilson is against Stewart's draft. Um, not necessarily next week. I think it's the last week of the season. Um, no, it's next week. They both have uh, week eleven buys. Oh, okay. So it is next yep. week. Um, all right. Yep. Uh, but I, <laughs> what is Stewart's draft going to want to do? They're going to want to run it between the tackles, straight through the heart. When was the last two times we've <laughs> seen a team do that against Wilson? That so wants TA to do that. And Riverheads did that pretty TA well. TA and Riverheads. They had yeah. no problems in accomplishing that goal so all and right defensively defensively yeah defensively that's going to be an issue all right yeah. offense they did great against waynesboro that's cool uh baylor graber is not going to let ryan mundy run havoc through that backfield like even riverheads wasn't wreaking havoc down the sideline they, there weren't a ton of big plays it was a lot of small chunks that just break your back and i don't think Wilson has that kind of staying power in a drive. I just haven't seen it consistently. Yeah. So that would be the reason I would be worried if I was a Wilson fan. I think Stewart's draft probably has an advantage in that ball game. Um, but yeah, a few weeks ago, I probably picked this game opposite, but I, I'm with you. I agree. Yeah. Um, Stanton, they thrashed Buffalo gap um, as expected. And uh, I expected the shutout and they got it. So. Yeah, I think, uh, it, it highlights that great defense that deserves better. And, and honestly, they've had enough of these 40 point games against teams that aren't great to where their offensive production isn't far off from what it was a year ago. And that was a playoff team. But that's misleading. So, In my opinion, it's misleading. It like is, it's against bad you teams. Still, you just look at these games that were one possession games and you just think about these, you know, you, you're, I know you could go to film and you could find 
one or two plays in each one of those games where everything's different and you could easily flip that record. And so uh, I, I said that when they were two and five, I thought, okay, it could be five and two. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just hard to like come up with the storyline of what they've been doing and defensively and, and just have that same outcome. So they're gonna, they're gonna, they're like everybody. They're gonna have the same schedule next year. Just home games or away games, and so they're gonna have those early game against Central Woodstock, and they're gonna have these teams that are coming off, you know, playoff runs and stuff like that. I'm not ruling them out for battling in those games because I'm seeing a battle right here, but it's it's gonna be a tough schedule again. So you know, we'll 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 get there when we're there. But uh, you know, they have pieces that make you feel positive about them. But it just you kind of you just feel bad that it just didn't work out better for them this year. Just slip even to slip in the playoffs. I'm not demanding they be like a high winning team and a top four team like their defense puts them. I just wish they could be you know that seven or eight seed so at least they kind of are riding that confidence and that expectation. And they're just far from that. They just they there's no road like there was next last week. Wilson's road isn't there either. So no, we're not going to have a three seed team, and it's that's a shame. It is, um, and. But their defense is good enough. Like this is going to be an interesting fourth game. I, it, their oh, defense yeah. Yeah, is going to get to that. I, we talk about the future. Talk about the now. I, I their defense is, is going to keep them in that ball game. Their defense Absolutely. is going to be a challenge for Fort's offense. The question is, can Satan's offense put enough points for that for that to turn into a win? I that's what I'm not sure about. Uh, Fort's got a pretty good defense of themselves, and and I think that. Uh, I, I'm taking the under. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, this is, this might be a, you know, two scores wins the game kind of game. Like 17-14 kind of game. That's yeah. What it feels like I, to me. And, and uh, so I do think Ford's defense is good enough to, like, make it hard for Stanton to find their offense that has been hard to find. Uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't see Fort looking as good offensively as they did against uh, Wilson, especially. And so uh, they, they're – the passing game, man, if I'm Stanton and this is, you know, me sitting in a chair on a Monday night, I I just take Armand Trout out of the game as much as possible. I, I have my best corner on him. You brought this point up on Friday. Put my best corner on him and shade a safety that way and just take Armand Trout from beating you and hopefully your run defense is as good as it's been mm-hmm. and play ball and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. And that's a Joe point. I'm not trying to take full credit for that, but that's it, the right point. Just – while we like Fort's ability to throw and run, they throw to the one guy, and it works against a lot of teams. And I think it can work in the playoffs against other other people, but uh, against Stanton, I think it could not. And so it could make things really interesting. I Shake think Stanton, up that apple cart. It's by far Stanton is going to be the best. Uh, now Fort did play TA, and TA is really good. Um, but Fort put points on TA. They did. I I think Stanton might be the best defense they're going to see this year to be playoffs. They're not going to see, and this is including riverheads and it's not a shot at riverheads defense, which is really good. I just don't think it's as good as Stanton's. And so like, to me, I'm like, all right, this is, this is a true, true test. And if they pass this test, then looking ahead, I'm like, yeah, maybe to be, there's not a team that I would say they can't possibly be because they're not going to see a defense that that strong. Now this is, the contrast is there is this offense is going to not be good, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know. My fort needs 
to be creative. They need to not, and I'm not saying like be trick plays, be stuff you haven't seen in, from the playbook yet, but it, it honestly in practice, I would just go in and just run the plays, but tell Trey Miller, every time you throw it to Taylor Armand, try it's a turnover. Like throw it to other people. You got to throw it to other people. Yeah. Because if it does come up with a moment of needing that connection, and I'm not work, saying, I'm not saying works, you, so yeah, I'm not saying don't target him yeah. at all in a game, but you just need to understand like there's a D one corner on him on Friday night. And that's, it's going to be hard to complete passes. I, I like your point of, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was probably one spouting it like, Hey, I, you know, I'm not, I don't know who I'm ruling them out from beating. And I was saying that then, but trying to come back down to earth a little bit, you know, you know, each week you kind of say, say something crazy or I do at least say something crazy and then kind of come back and see how it really analyzes. And yeah, I think if, if they put up, you know, if they look good on offense against Stanton, I, I, I will not rule out a victory over anybody in, mm-hmm. in the to be region. Sure. Um, so that's the game we're going to be out on the radio. So if you want to hear Joe and I on a Friday night, uh, you always can catch us on there, but it'll be just Joe and I this week. So it'll be very yakky. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, but that's, yeah, we broke them all down because Riverheads plays Wayne's wouldn't have much to say there. Let's talk volleyball. Um, Fort Defiance uh is just about wrapped it up but Wilson had that tough week sorry I gotta get to my right notes Wilson had that tough uh week last week where they played Fort and Spotswood um and uh, lost both of those and so uh they had lost three straight but this is the get right week for them as they have draft and uh Buffalo Gap this week as the two teams kind of on the bottom of the standings there so we'll see if Wilson's able to rebound Stanton sitting right ahead of them with one win, but they do have a game against Fort this week and Waynesboro, who's right right in that region too. So that'll be interesting. I know Stanton did well against Waynesboro last time. Um, that's when we were hyping that game, but uh, we'll see we'll see what they got this week. Um, Fort did lose a set though. That's that's where I was going. I knew I had something to say about Fort. They lost a set in the district. It hadn't happened all season. They finally did it. Riverheads was able to take game one the other night on Thursday. And Riverheads gave them that game very emotional. They were uh, doing a big celebration and honoring of a uh, cancer patient, I guess, at this point. Um, uh, so that was that was a big moment for them. to, And they you, they were super excited when they won that first game. And then Fort got to what they do and uh, really set the uh, spikes up hard. So uh, Fort got back to what they do. And uh, they got Stanton and Gap this week. And, uh, you know, Stanton is one of those teams that is trying to find a set, you know, trying to find one, one set against them. And, uh, but gap isn't going to be there. So we're going to set ourselves up for the region playoffs. That's next week. Uh, Fort's going to be a high seed in there. Riverheads will be somewhere in there and it's going to be taking on all those bull run district teams, which will be fun to watch. Three C is going to get interesting with Stanton, Wilson and Waynesboro all there in the middle. They could all finish like six and five. Uh, it's very, or, uh, uh, six and seven and five or um, something like that. They all could finish with a very similar record. I only think two of them are going to make that region three C playoff. So it could be really interesting when we talk about a Waynesboro Stanton matchup this week, it that really could decide which one of those two teams makes the three C region playoffs. So that's something to watch for this week as uh, they're going to take each other on Wednesday. So I, I really kind of have that as the biggest game this week uh, just to see who is, one up on the other one in region three seeks. I think it's, I think it's going to matter. Yeah. it. And you know, it, it's, 
obviously we wish there was a way for all three to make it, but like you said, mathematically, it's not looking like that's going to happen. So, um, it's a tough region and then there's a lot of teams vying for eight spots. It's extremely tough region, but you know, to see three teams all competing for, for two spots is great. Um, and obviously in 2B, you know, you look at Fort and, and what they might be able to accomplish there, and that's exciting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's we got a lot of good volleyball teams in this area, and hopefully uh, the ones that do get it into the postseason can make some noise when they get there. Um, yeah. We definitely expect that from Fort, but hopefully there's another team that can make this, some noise too. This is where Leland always wants that seeding to avoid uh, two Shenandoah district teams uh, playing each other as long as possible. So uh, right. we'll, we'll see that between Riverheads and Fort. Hopefully – uh, you know, Riverheads can stay out of like a four seed or four or five seed there. So uh, we'll see what we get. Uh, over a competition cheer, they did have the district meet last week. Wilson wins the district meet uh, with a nice score. They kind of win it going away. Um, and then Waynesboro finishes second, which, uh, you know, kind of surprised me a little bit. They they hadn't been as strong in the uh, cheerleading in previous years. So a good increase there, which is fun to see. Sir Straff, the the staple of local cheerleading uh, for the competition cheers uh, their third. So still very good, but uh, uh, sitting back there in third. So, but the best of the region two B teams um, with Fort and Riverheads right behind. So that was a fun meet. And now those teams will go on to the regions. That'll be this week. I think it's Thursday for two B. I'm not sure what it is for three C, uh, but you know, definitely cheering on all the ladies there. Um, we also have cross country. will wrap up their regular or Shenandoah district slate on Wednesday with a uh, cross country meet at Fort Defiance. Um, that'll be for the district run. It's been at Wilson. I think the last couple of years uh, we're used to it being at Wilson on the boys side, you're going to expect Waynesboro and Wilson to finish well there on the girls side. You'll expect Fort and Wilson to finish well there, but it'd be, that will decide that'll go into our yak cup standings uh, that meet right there. Uh, so we just had the cheerleading that, that went into the yak cup standings and cross country is about to, and we'll talk about it after the fall season. All after all the fall seasons wrap up with Shenandoah district play, we'll talk about the Yacht Cup. Um, but you know, spoiler alert: Wilson Wilson's looking good again. <laughs> yeah. Um, college football. Uh, the Hokies did not play. JMU played Thursday. They beat Marshall, improved to seven and zero. We'll talk more about JMU here in a second. Uh, but UVA big story though. UVA yeah. big win on the CW. Um, yeah. Knocking off UNC, which was previously undefeated, a top 10 team. Yeah. Uh, first road win ever against a top 10 team, uh, which is insane to think about. Um, but hats off to UVA. I didn't think they were going to win a conference game, um, and they went out and did. So good for them. Yeah. Hope, I'm hoping it's their only one because I know we're still ahead of them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, credit where credit is due. I, that was a game, you know, we were talking with Jeff Wright and uh, kind of talking about their chances in that game. and. You know, we're always the wet blanket on on Jeff Wright. And even though he's been pretty realistic this season, to be fair to Jeff. Um, but, you know, some comment about this is about the time UNC does what UNC does and what they did. And I was like, well, that means good for their opponent next week, right? You know, it's not, not something UVA is going to take advantage of. But, no, UVA put themselves right in the middle of that game. Malik Washington had a huge game receiving. And you you hear about that receiving core and what they can do. And, and he was the best example of that this week. Um, and that James Jackson making that clinch in INT – that was a cool cam review. I thought they had that middle official with the hat cam and you just, you, it was like right in the middle of play. Uh, that was cool for them. So uh, I, I wasn't cheering for it, uh, but uh, Hey, for our UVA fans that listen, uh, enjoy it. Cause there hadn't been many moments like that this season. That's only the second win on the season. 
and you're not guaranteeing yourself any more wins down the stretch. But that was a that was a nice one to have over an opponent that yeah, I know most UVA fans would probably rather beat Virginia Tech. That one might be their their second most uh, wanted win right there. So that that was good. Yeah, I agree. That's a that's a big rivalry win there. Um, and yeah, the crazy thing is like. And I heard a podcast talking about it today. This is like the equivalent of when Mac Brown was at Texas, like that loss to Kansas or Kansas State that you'd be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you losing that game? Um, and it kind of felt like that. And um, I haven't trashed Mac Brown in a while. Is this is it, is it due? Am I due for that right now? Like it's I, I just <laughs> I don't know what that was like. And yeah. it doesn't knock him out of the ACC championship, but it does make it perilous. Um, you, you can't have another slip up. And now their schedule is not the most difficult in the world. Um, but it, who knows? I mean, all those teams are better than UVA. So who knows? Um, I do want to come back. I think I made this point off air. I mean, last week I got, I got told how ridiculous I was to even mentioning the idea of Virginia tech beating Louisville, uh, which is going to be next week. Uh, we play Syracuse this week, but Louisville next week at 3.30 on ACC Network. And, you know, I guess just how ridiculous a thought, the idea of Virginia Tech beating Louisville. This is a UVA team that is worse than us so far this year and playing a UNC team that has been better than Louisville has this year, and it happened. So I I will stick by my hope, and I'll live with my dreams, that we can have a game plan going to that Louisville game where we could win that thing. Now, I'm not saying it's some kind of guarantee. I'm not doing that, but I, I think the – before you celebrate but is is unnecessary okay before you celebrate let's see how that game goes yeah let's see how that game goes before you start celebrating on i'm just saying it's possible you were right little giants those little giants did it why can't we well the little giants already did it the little giants already did it the little giants already did it you know what you didn't see the rematch where the little giants lose by a thousand points like all we gotta do is win one one time. Well, Louisville's already had one the little time. Giants moment. I don't think they're having another one. So we're gonna get the sticky stuff on our hands. We're gonna throw toilet bowl, toilet. It might uh, take that. Toilet paper down the grocery aisle. It might yeah, take ice that. Ice box. We're good. I don't yeah. know who I'm anointing ice box, but let's get it. Let's get it out there. Yeah. I, this just has all the makings <laughs> of. In two weeks, we come on here and you're like, oh, you know, we didn't win by, you know, Louisville beat us like forty-five to three, but you know, yeah, three won't be good enough for me. No, I'll be mad if we lose bad, bad. I, and I I'll be know. on here and I'll be like, hey, Leland, Pitt, you remember when I said you were being Louisville ridiculous? Seeing UVA beat UNC. I just, I'm missing where the impossible lies here. I, I don't know how to tell you other than I, I literally have 0% chance in Virginia Tech doing that. Okay, awesome. Put out a projection. Let's do it. Uh, JMU's game though was huge on Thursday. That was a satisfying watch for a JMU fan. I know that because I live with a JMU fan, and uh, and I and I dabble in that in my spare time. Uh, man, they played a good game. It was it was it was a score, not score list, but little score game. It was a three two mm-hmm. ball game at one time, but then the second half where JMU sometimes seems to struggle. This and is two straight weeks. Do whatever they want. They started dominating the second half. Yeah. Just really took to it. And they were sacking the quarterback and the punting from, from minute one of that game, the punting was great. And I mean, just continually had good field position, continually had the pressure turned up on Marshall. And, and by the end of it, you just have the announcers telling the national audience how great JMU is and how much they deserve 
to be in a bowl game. It was a it was a good night for JMU on Thursday. It was. This is now two straight games that the second half has gone really well, which yeah. gives me faith that something has changed in Harrisonburg, which is a good sign because whatever they were doing in the first half of the season was the opposite. It, like we were holding on for dear life against teams in the yeah. in the first half of the season, but now we're making that adjustment and, and we're coming out a better team in the second half, which is what you want to see. Um, yeah, it was a dominating performance. You get the national media attention of why is this team not allowed to be in a bowl game again? Uh, why aren't they able to be in the postseason? Um, which is good if you're a JMU fan that it's coming from the national media and not necessarily <laughs> JMU fans and local media only. Um, yeah. But and it's very relevant. It's very it relevant. Rules. It, it is the rules that were stated before anybody chose to go to it is. Conference. But and like, again, didn't make this up just to mess up JMU. I was I was listening to a podcast that was talking about this, too. And they were saying, you know, the reason this rule exists is so teams don't, you know, make cash grabs and then go back to FCS. And he goes, oh, good. I mean, for a second with all these with all this conference realignment, I thought college football was just about cash grabs. And I was like, that's the part that's aggravating, right? Yeah. Like, it, I mean, I've heard USC and UCLA, what, the college football is destroying all these regional rivalries and history and pageantry and all that, but they're not doing it for money. So rest assured, it's not about money. That's not why they're doing it. And, and I have listened to people sit there and tell me the reasons outside of the money that is very true, that why they do this and it's protect and this and that. Like none of it applies to JMU. That's what's so frustrating about this is like JMU is the team that waited until they were ready to go up. And so there should be a pathway for these teams, like a, you know, some kind of appeal system in the offs. Oh, they have that. We, like, I just don't get, like, they've had their chance. NCAA has had their chance to get this right. And they just reject trying to get something right. Now, what I project happening is there'll be one too many bowl game spots. They get to take somebody that's not, necessarily eligible and that's how jmu is going to get in and ncaa will be like whoo because they didn't have to come off their high horse and jmu will still get you know something towards what they deserve so i think that's how this is going to work out the thing i love the guy in jmu world that created the 57 teams that need to lose for j and, and teams that are yeah. like going that direction already that need to lose and start marking them off. i love that that's the approach you need to have because yep. the attorney general State attorney general, state and senators, all that other stuff, it ain't getting you anywhere. So start. Here's the pathway that actually could happen. Start focusing on that. Start cheering for these teams with five and six losses to go ahead and get out of your way. That's the path. I hope that's what happens. That's what I'm really rooting for. Yeah. And so that was going to bring me to my next point. The most frustrating part for JMU fans is going to be this is a team that could absolutely play in a New Year's Six Bowl if they were eligible. Yeah. Because yeah. they have a legit shot to be the highest ranked G5 team. And yeah. it is Tulane frustrating is like in that sense. Competition yeah, that. it yeah. is. Well, but Tulane's not undefeated. So I think JMU, as the season went on and they stayed undefeated and won a Sun Belt championship, uh, they would get that it's bump. Possible. They would get it's that possible. bump. And that's something they're not going to get. And um, to Shane's credit, we, we poop on him a lot on this podcast. To his credit, he waited to report anything until he saw – official word from the college football playoff committee, which he tweeted, I think that was Sunday night that the college football committee, uh, because the NCAA said they're not eligible, they're not, they're not going to be in any college football playoff rankings. So that's going to disappear. Is, that sucks. That's going to disappear. Um, but you, 
You know what's also directly horse crap is that they NCAA has stats on their website and they don't include JMU in those stats. Like, Which is insane. Absolute they have the guy who has the most NCAA sacks football? in the country. Yeah. We have the best like, defense in the country. We have the guy with the most sacks in yeah. the country. And it, we you wouldn't know it if you were on the NCAA's website. And I, was it on there and then it came off or has it never been on there? I don't know Either if it's way, ever been on wrong. there. Either way, it's wrong. Like, yeah. they're playing NCAA football. They're an NCAA football ESPN team. ESPN has it. ESPN has it because I I checked yeah. I checked yeah, that after that. Yeah. But but it's just like I don't I don't get what we're doing NCAA. Like what what are, what's what's your motivation here? Just still put their stats out there and say yeah they're having a great year. They're still not eligible because what, it makes them hate you just the same. Because like, it makes them look that? even. Because like, it makes them look ridiculous when you have game. nation leaders and stats. And the whole reason is well you know we want them to be prepared when they come up and we don't want it to be a cash grab and but I've got news for you. Nobody in their right mind with the TV money that is floating around these conferences that the NCAA doesn't want to talk about is going to go from the FBS back down to FCS. It yeah. is not It is not something you would ever do. Yeah, you're not going to go back down to less money so North Dakota State can beat you. Like, yeah. just you're going to stay up there. Never going to do that. Never yeah. going to do that. So No one's telling them to leave. No one's telling anybody teams in the FBS to leave. Yeah. But to your point, and this is the part where I like I sent a couple things to you that were tweeted from state politicians, attorney generals and state senators. And the one being like, if you don't change your mind, you're going to find Virginia's very unfriendly to the NCAA, which I was like, which means what? Like, are are you going to sue them? Because if not, the NCAA doesn't care. And if you do, it's going to take you so long that by the time you get to it, it's already it's not going to help anything. And as much as I care about sports, I don't really need What's all the state politics. What are they going to do the NCAA? They're going to say, hey, you got to find somewhere else to play the Stag Bowl. That's the only thing that the state of Virginia can hold over the NCAA, which the NCAA will be like, cool. I, it's the D3. Yeah, we'll go back to Texas. We're good. You think we care? It's the NCAA. The NCAA is like, oh, yeah, we forgot about that. We forgot yeah. that was a thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Back to Dallas area. Yeah. We'll go play in Dallas, yeah. I guess. Oh, well. Um, yeah. They don't care. Like, that that when I read those, I was like, God, this is just the same dumb stuff. It's like even when the people on my side that I want, like I want people saying this is dumb. This is the NCAA should change their mind. This is dumb. Fix it. Um, but then when they do stuff like that, and it's just saber rattling for saber rattling sake, and it's people who don't understand. Like that state senator has no earthly idea how any of this works. Like when she's like, Oh, the NCAA is going to find Virginia very unfriendly. I was like, Virginia needs the NCAA's money more than the NCAA needs Virginia's locations. Like that's a dumb thing to say out loud, but it's a politician and politicians major in being dumb. And, and also like, not only will your biggest state, your biggest state universities tell you to shut like, Hey, hold on. You're hurting. Shut up. Shut yeah, up. shut up. JMU in a year is going to be like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and shut, shut up. Now. up. We're past it. Like, <laughs> we, need, we need NCAA yes. support. And we don't, These we don't are people who, burned. again, it's a yeah. stunning revelation here. Politicians don't recognize the long game. They are recognizing, how do I score cheap political points today? Yeah. How do I win the next vote? Yeah, how do I win the next vote? Not caring about the long game of, you know, business partners and economics and how this might affect yeah. things down the road, which is why the JMU school administration while saying we are disappointed we will continue to do what we can do because they're playing not the long taking game. pot they, shots because they, they are playing they, the long game yep they messed up all their current student athletes a year ago and yep. they couldn't compete in caa championships and all that they messed everybody up they made everybody mad but it's better for the long game and so they'll they'll 
They're playing the long game on this. Yes. But this isn't, this is still going to be like a folk tale. And this isn't, this isn't a bad missed opportunity. This isn't losing Thanksgiving weekend to ruin your chance. This is hopefully they go undefeated and they can just beat their chest and put up some kind of banner, you know, uh, uh, central Florida style and say whatever they want to say. And this is the season that everybody was against us. And then they can like use, use momentum from there. And we're going and, and like, there's no reason just to think next year they're going to be terrible and you stand no chance. Like, there can build off this momentum and this this standard that they're setting. So it's it's not all bad. Now it it stinks, but yeah, it'll be all right. Again, it's and I it, still think you're going to find a bowl game. I still yeah. think you're going to find a bowl game. And seeing you know, I'll retweet that guy that has that list because I love it. I like yeah. that dude. That's that's my dude. Please do. Um and. Yeah, like that's the kind of stuff that is helpful. Like just the what is the one path that they have to a bowl game? Um and it but again, like and I, this isn't a shot cuz he's retweeting it cuz it's I mean it is news. It, I think it's dumb news, but it is news. And I complain a lot about him, so it's fair when he does the right thing and gets, you know, the actual source that's actually making the decision and gets the information from them. Good for him for doing that. Oh, good. Yep. Um and when he's retweeting the politicians, but it's like, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, he's like, it's bipartisan support, which is rare. And I was like, I, I don't know, man, bipartisan support is great, but also politicians are dumb. And this is an, this is an instance. It's like when Congress or whatever says, we're looking into major league baseball or we're looking into the NFL. I'm like, I don't know if that's actually going to fix the problem, but okay. Like, great. That seems like a great use of our time. I, I'm glad to know that there is not a bigger issue facing the state of Virginia today than whether JMU gets in the college football playoff or a bowl game. Like, cool. Now, on Thursday, was I texting, calling my brother on the way back saying, we want Georgia? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm having fun, but I also realize like, it's never going to happen. And I'm like, I'll be, I'll be okay. Like next year, the way we're playing, the way we're recruiting, the way we're this defense looks like it's it is. I mean, statistically speaking, it is one of the best defenses in the country. If JMU can keep somewhat semblance of that, they will be in a New Year's Six Bowl game next year. They'll have a shot at the college football playoff next year with the expanded playoff, and that'll be great. And then the NCAA can't keep them out. Like that'll be great. But yeah, the the whole like anytime the state attorney general or her or state lawmakers start saying stuff like you just got to take it with a grain of salt. I hope no. And everyone's like, yeah, what do you got to say about that? NCAA president. He's going to say, you're a state representative. Do you think I give a flying bleep what you think about anything? No, I don't. Why don't you figure out what you're going to do about NIL? Cause we're not going to do anything about it. Cause we're the NCAA and we don't have to, we're just going to complain about it. That's what he's going to say. He's gonna be like, what is your NIL status? What he's going to say is the same thing I told people when I worked on a campaign, which will remain nameless, when we had people saying, what is your candidate stance on a balanced budget amendment? It was a state representative, and it, they were asking what our stance on a national issue was. And I was like, would you also like to know the candidate's stance on peanut and plain M&Ms? Like, it has the same amount of weight. It literally is something they don't control. Your state representative is not going to change a single bleeping thing about the college football bowl games or college football playoff it's not something in their power it's not something in their purview nor should it be they should be focused on stuff that actually impacts virginia 
Like, why are tractor trailers allowed in the left lane on 81 when it's a two-lane highway going up a hill? I don't know. Why does my car not have missiles? Why can't I fix the problem for us? I don't know. <laughs> All right, so other college football. I didn't watch a lot on Saturday. I had I was occupied with Halloween activities, um, which were good. I just took me away from the football. What uh, what surprised you from Saturday? Gosh, there was a lot. Um, uh, I'd say Oklahoma just really squeaking one out against UCF was surprising. UCF has not looked good at all this year. They've looked downright terrible. And Oklahoma needed everything to go their way, including Gus Malzahn to just call the dumbest two-point conversion play in the history of football, where he was like trying a double pass on the two-point conversion, which, again, I'm saying this again, it was a two-point conversion, and he wants to try a double pass. So it's not like, you know, when you're at the 50-yard line or whatever and you do it because you're hoping for there to be a giant gap between the wide receiver and the defensive back. In a perfect world, there's maybe four, three yards of separation that the defensive back can quickly recover because, you know, the wide receiver's not able to keep running down the field. He's got to stop so he doesn't run out of the back of the end zone. I Like, when the play call was – my brother was freaking out because he did a crazy dumb investment where he's picking major favorites – in a parlay that c- comes out to not even plus money. And I'm like, dude, that's a bad idea. And he's like, well, I just need to win. And of course this game is almost not a win. Do for it him. like with one of those though. Yeah. And he's like, still not positive money, but he's like, Oh, I just need to win. Like he, I think he had eight teams in a parlay that's still like minus minus one thirty something. And I was like, that's not worth your time. That, that parlay exists to hurt you. Yeah. And he's like, Oh no, no, no. But he Every was time freaking you add out. A team to a parlay, you've, you're making a bigger mistake. He was freaking. If your parlay is <laughs> minus money, you've done it wrong. Um, yeah. But he's freaking out while UCF is driving. He's like, they're going to win. The, they're going to tie this game. And I was like, no, they're not. They're going to score, but they won't get a two point conversion. Now, I didn't think UCF was going to call that play. And when they did, I was like, honestly, you deserve to lose. If that's the play you call, you deserve to lose. And. So Oklahoma holds on. They're still undefeated. But that was kind of surprising. There were some surprising losses. I mean, obviously, the UNC one, I I think, is maybe the most surprising. But um, one that I did see coming, I saw a couple. Uh, I said it on this podcast. Miami beating Clemson did not shock me. I saw it coming from a mile away. This was the week where everyone is talking about how bad Miami is. Oh, they blew it against Georgia Tech. Oh, they blew it against... uh, North Carolina in the second half. And I'm like, this is just a North Carolina is just better than Miami. Georgia tech was bad, but it probably wasn't a fumble. Georgia tech probably shouldn't have had the ball and Miami probably still should have won that game. And if they win that game, we're not talking about it as bad of a win, as squeaker of a win as that would have been. Nobody's talking about it. Um, and Clemson has just been a team that has not looked good all year. And they were going to Miami, and sure enough, Miami wins that game. It took overtime, but Miami wins that game. And I was not surprised by that. I was not surprised that Ohio State beat Penn State. Um, The margin of victory is close, but that game was never in doubt. The entire time, Ohio State is just dragging Penn State. Every time Penn State has the ball. They could not move the ball. Yeah, every time Penn State has the ball, it's like, you might as well punt now before something bad happens. Like, and, and... 
It third was and what? what third and what is the, it was like is third and missing. 70 on one play. It was like, what are you doing? It was it was bad. It was it was insane. I love I mean, I laughed, but yeah. The the Buckeyes defense is really, really good. I think their problem is gonna be that their offense is gonna play another really good defense when they play Michigan and they're not gonna do anything. Oh, I guess this is another thing that surprised me. A Michigan State, somebody at Michigan State thought it was a good idea to have Hitler on the pregame video board. That, that was, was a weird. that was a surprise one. That one actually you know, I wasn't actively watching college football, and still that news got to me. That was crazy, especially right now. Holy crap. And, you know, they're saying, well, we put a YouTube thing up, and, you know, we weren't paying attention, and no, it was a trivia was thing. Acceptable. And I was like, man, I yeah. I don't know what to tell you other than someone watch the video before it goes on the video board. I, I've gone to B-dubs and played a lot of trivia, and, uh, you know, with the little thing that's just up on the TV. I don't even have a problem if that's, like, a trivia never, night. I mean, it's... I don't necessarily have a problem if that's a trivia night question because it is world history, but it doesn't show up at a college football game. It does yeah, not show up on a, the video. That's not a trivia venue. That's no, like, no, 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 <laughs> exactly. It, it Everybody should... welcome. Come here. We're... Yeah. And, you know, there, of course, leave it to the Internet to find some humor in this. And one of them was, you know, Michigan State had more Hitlers on their video board than points against <laughs> Michigan. And... <laughs> You never want to leave a game with Hitler making more appearances than your points. You really don't want to have the same number of Hitler references as points. But <laughs> more is definitely bad. And it's just like, I, think, I was like with the same number if it's zero. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. You don't want the yeah. same number either. But more is, whoa, something has gone really, really wrong. And <laughs> the crazy thing, and as, you know, it's the same podcast I was listening to you talk about. Uh, Mac Brown and his similar losses and stuff uh, to K-State and Kansas when he's at Texas. But they're saying what a crazy Wikipedia entry 2023 Michigan State football is going to be. Because you have the scandal that fired Mel Tucker. And now this. Usually when the Mel Tucker thing happens, that's that you have the 2023 controversy line not controversies yeah and uh, someone got fired over it and i am not i mean good surprise <laughs> like surprise Usually not in favor of firing but yeah good i i just i don't know like again it seems like 101 <laughs> like we watch we watch the thing before we put it on the video board I, I even think more than one set of eyes. Like you gotta, you gotta be sure about everything that goes in that video board. And of course they were talking about all the other crazy YouTube videos you could have put on that would have like, you could have just put cars crashing and the crowd would have been like, Oh, and gone crazy. And been like, yeah, we like this, but he's like, trivia is weird. A weird choice, not necessarily in itself, but not sports trivia is weird yeah, and then that kind of trivia that's not gosh sports it. trivia you gotta think it's gonna be hard to find something that's gonna be a problem there but that was just like what yeah what so this week we got bets um last week uh i hope i hope people didn't bet with the exports because we only had my lock was the only thing that hit yeah we did good um, that was not good. We got yeah. I guess we got JMU and, and well, I got screwed by the officials in the Iowa game. Iowa won that game. Spare me. 
that was that was messed up. Um, so you you missed out on a lock there, but yeah, both of our dogs uh, didn't come close. So this week, my dog, I uh, <laughs> do I really? I got uh, it's more of an anti Minnesota than anything. This Michigan State somehow I have them as my dog. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't. Don't love take that Leland to trivia night. Uh, <laughs> at least I got it right. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's anti Minnesota is uh, is my bet. So I bet Minnesota will not be able to uh, cover their seven point being the favorite. I was four points off Duke covering, which was frustrating. Um, yeah, I was sweating you out a little bit. Because that's what that was the only college football I watched was like the th- end of the third quarter and falling asleep mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter because I was exhausted of that game. Yeah. Um, I This is a team that also surprised me, and somehow they found a way to lose to Boston College, which was a choice. Um, but Georgia Tech every other week looks good, and so this is the week they're going to look good. I think they cover 11 and a half. I don't think they beat North Carolina, but – I will say North Carolina has had problems with Georgia Tech recently. I think four out of the last five or something like that, Georgia Tech has won. My lock is Iowa State over Baylor because Baylor's bad. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've done things with Baylor before. It's not a big lock. It's a point and a half, but I, Iowa State's going to beat them. I took the big lock. I took Notre Dame minus 20 and a half against Pitt. Pitt sucks. They do. They do. They are terrible. Sam Did Hartman. two weeks ago? Who'd they beat two weeks ago? Someone who's going to beat us. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Virginia Tech's going to win. They're going to beat Syracuse. I tell you what, I wouldn't lock that in. Well, I'm, we, we picked the Virginia Tech game, so I, I'm picking that Virginia Tech's going to win. Okay. I mean, we don't. We haven't counted these when they haven't benefited you, so I have treated We've counted these. them every time. There's a sheet. It's the fourth tab over. It's for the season. Everything's organized. Every time text. Then you got the Florida State game wrong is what you're telling me. What? Then you got the Florida State game wrong. No, I just didn't speak when you asked me about it because I didn't want to say things out loud, but I picked Florida State. I didn't want to say it out loud. Well, then you didn't pick them. I didn't have the conversation. You didn't pick them. I picked up. Shut up. You didn't pick them. But we we have this segment where we make the picks. But I did. Like, like. I, I, that's why I just said silent. Like, as I was like, I don't want to say it out loud, but like, that's, I, come on, dude. And you said, if you ask me on here, I'm not going to pick it. And I was like, okay, then we're <sighs> okay, not picking the games. I've, back. I have now treated I'm this as we're not picking these games. Points, I guess I mean, this isn't worth an argument. Let's go. I've treated that. We haven't been picking these games. I've treated that. We've I, only done the, if you the go dog to the fourth the tab over, you will see that like we've picked the same on basically all of them and all the points are accounted for and everything's there. So that's fine. However, I put it in there before the games happen. So, anywho, Texas is going to be Syracuse. No. Okay, so you got Syracuse. I got Miami beating uh, UVA. Correct. And I got JMU beating uh, ODU at eight p.m. on Saturday night. Uh, Homecoming. Correct. So, you got the Qs. Um. I think the interesting news in Texas football, something to like help, help spice up this schedule this weekend. Cause I, I have a wedding to go to Saturday. So I'm going to be out of the mix a bit this weekend as well. Uh, but seeing what Texas does without yours and it, and it is looking to be Manning. Uh, the young Manning mm-hmm. Cooper son is going to be probably starting there for Texas. 
Uh, that's about the only interesting part of that game. I don't think it's going to be close. Probably. I think Manny. I think it'd be is... interesting to watch those first snaps of Manny. I think that's. that's yeah, problem. I think he'll be fine. I think he's good. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, I hope so. I hope he's good. So I think they're going to thrash BYU. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, the ABC slate is. Maybe Colorado keeps it close against UCLA. That could be interesting if it's close, but. Not a lot jumps off the page. After watching a team lose to Stanford, you just don't come in excited. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the Fox games, Oklahoma and Kansas, uh, it kind of felt like Oklahoma had their scare already. I actually think they might pound Kansas. Oregon, Utah. Well, it's probably the best game of the day. That's where game day is. It probably is. This is not a great week for, for games. It isn't. Um, uh, because the only thing that'll make that interesting is like Utah's defense. Can they keep them in it? Because they're on their third string quarterback. And yes, I know they beat USC, but that is because USC is a team that literally refuses to play defense. Oregon is not that bad at defense i think oregon probably ends up winning that game probably by multiple scores when it's all said and done but the spread i think is seven um as of recording has the potential to be a tight game but i wouldn't be expecting it to be that way necessarily georgia florida is going to be a sacrifice and yeah. indiana is going to get mauled by penn state yep so, i agree NFL, did you watch much on Sunday? Uh, you know what? The one o'clock window, yes. Um, I had the I went to a multiple screen viewing party, uh, with a Lions fan that was hosting. So the Ravens Lions game was on. We had Red Zone on, and then we had the Commanders and Giants game on. Um, One of us enjoyed the Ravens-Lions game. (laughs) It it was. It was just... And they got taken out early. Like, it was like 28-0 at halftime, and it was just like... He had already... Like, that helped him. Like, I think if it had been a close loss, it would have been more painful for him. But because they got blown out, he's just like, ah, all right, we're done. Um, And the thing is, it's one game. Like, you look at the the Detroit schedule ahead of them, and like... If they kind of continue, it's the easy. They've been on so it's, far this season. Yeah. Like they can still have a lot of success. And yeah, that game's probably going to get remembered when you start to get to a playoff game or something like that. But uh, I mean, they'll rebound. They'll be all right. I, I do think they're like solidly built to, and in that division, it's not like they're going to have to be a 14 win team to win that division. So the Bills choking surprised me, um, which now calls into question the Bills in general. Um, and then, uh, gosh, there were a few things in that one o'clock window. I didn't love, I didn't, I didn't love the officiating in the Colts Browns at the end of the game. Yeah. It seemed to be wrong. I, and hearing Gene Steratore come on and defend, it was like listening to a state politician. I'm kind of past the officials. I'm a past the official, like being plugged in. I'm, I'm past it. It's just cool at the beginning. You hear like the very specific rules and how like they're thought through and what they're looking like. We've all heard it now. All the announcers seem to know it as well as they do. And 
Like, I just don't think we need this on the on the broadcast. But when you're line. hearing, like, Gene Seertor say, yeah, it hit behind the yellow dashes behind the end zone, which means that it's going to have to be Victor Wimbenyama on a step ladder to catch it in bounds. But technically, that's still catchable. Um, it really has to go into the stands for it to be uncatchable. And I'm like, well, then all oh, referees, crap. then all referees are dumb. And I was right to assume that for so long of my life that you're all just weapons grade stupid and we yeah. shouldn't allow you to drive cars. And so like when he said that, I was like, okay, so I was right. Like you suck at your jobs. You've always sucked at your jobs. I should not respect you as human beings. And you should live in cardboard boxes under bridges because you're that stupid. If that's your definition of uncatchable, you're stupid. The definition of uncatchable I mean, especially is since like all stands are different. Like yeah. every stadium, the stands are. The definition of uncatchable is there's no way he's going to catch it and be in bounds, and there was no way that pass was going to get caught in bounds. Zero chance that pass was ever going to be caught in bounds. Instead, it's pass interference. The ball gets moved to the one. The Browns try three passing plays, can't get it, and then on fourth down, they decide clock no longer matters we're just going to give it to Kareem Hunt and he barely gets in um but it was frustrating if you were a Colts fan I'm sure as a as a Ravens fan who wanted to see the Browns lose it was frustrating um and then the Giants commanders game was like watching two toddlers who don't want to eat their vegetables just throw food everywhere like that was watching two teams who did not want to win that game. And Tyrod did just enough for them to win. But, man, <laughs> if I was a Giants or a Commanders fan, like, I I was watching that game laughing. And I was just like, what is this? Like, this is... I'm rooting for Tyrod because he's a former Virginia Tech player. I'm rooting for Logan Thomas because he's a former Virginia Tech quarterback. Big game for Virginia Tech quarterbacks. Um, but... And the game that set football back <laughs> to yeah. it featured two former Virginia Tech quarterbacks. One of them playing tight end. But I was just like, man. One of them not allowed to play quarterback. Yeah, I was like, man, this is bad. This is bad football. I The, the Miami game surprised me because as much – even last week we debated Philadelphia yeah. to a degree. I still thought Miami was going to win that game. Like I, I didn't wasn't really arguing – I thought Miami would have that. And so I made a reasonable parlay, not 18 parlay, uh, three team parlay, including my Steelers, which did hit. That was what I knew. That's what I saw coming because that's the kind of game they win. And then they just play terrible in other games and lose them like next week against Jacksonville. But yeah, the, the Miami game, you know, cost me uh, from a, a nice sizable win. So uh, that made me mad. And you sit there and talk about calling the bills into question. Well, the bills beat, Miami a couple weeks ago and yeah like, I just think like Miami can be good they're capable of being good and I think that's what we see a lot across a lot of these teams in the NFL like there's a lot of teams that are capable of being pretty good but then you never know what you're going to get on a different week as we watch San Francisco are probably going to lose the Vikings here um that's back-to-back -back weeks of, over. that's back-to-back -back weeks of trouble for the 49ers yeah so it's just like yeah two weeks ago we had uh, I don't know we had the uh, both those undefeateds went down. Now this week, Philadelphia kind of rebounds, but that was the one everybody was dumping on last week. And out of the two, they're like, oh, well, San Francisco, they just lost a crazy win to Cleveland. But Philadelphia, we have a lot of questions. Well, then they look pretty good this week and take care of some business. So I don't know. I didn't like it, uh, but it did a kind of a more align with my defense of Philadelphia last week. And, um, and the other part that is 
with the Dolphins in particular is it seems like if they have to go on the road, the offense for whatever reason, does not have the same amount of success. And, and so, like, that game in Germany against the Chiefs. That's really on the road. <laughs> yeah, you look at that and you're like, this isn't good. Um, Quite the road. Again, I cannot believe that game is in Germany. What was the NFL doing when they put those two teams on the schedule to go to Germany? That was one of the early announced ones, too. That is a bad idea. Um Oh, another thing I guess that surprised me to to bounce back to that for a second. Tyson Bajan for the uh, Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah. Shepherd <laughs> yeah. University quarterback. So my uncle is a Shepherd University grad. So I I had watched the Bears play the Colts in the preseason when he had a game and I was over there. We were watching something else. I think I don't know what we were we were oh, it was UFC fights maybe or something. But that was on one of the TVs the last time I was over there and he was talking about Tyson Bajan, this Tyson Bajan, that, and I was just egging him on. Cause it was making my cousin who was the lions fan upset. Um, so the whole week, once Tyson Bajan is getting the start for the Chicago bears, there's a group text with us in it. And the, my phone is going off about, Oh, Tyson Bajan's going to lead the bears. Tyson Bajan's going to lead the bears. This is the turnaround for the franchise. And, all the while I'm betting the Raiders to win. Cause I'm like, there ain't no way the bears are going to win that game. <laughs> like, he goes off, just explodes. The offense is doing great. The defense gets a pick six. And I was like, that's Tyson Bajan's leadership. there, inspiring the defense to make that pick six. <laughs> and my uncle of all the times, the whole week he's been talking about, he's going to win MVP. And then during the game, he's making some good decisions that really keep is really keeping him in the game. He's, he's played a good game so far. And I was like, are you even a Tyson Bajant fan? What is going on? Now, the more I see of Tyson Bajant, the less I like him. And I mean that, like, once his helmet is off and he's doing interviews, he's got that thing. And I'm not saying you have to wear your hat a certain way. But it's it's not uh, – uh, this is going to be really bad for the audience. But just for Leland's sake, I was I don't have a hat near me. But it's like if you were wearing it straight on and then you tilt it like a quarter off, like – that kind of thing. And I, I don't like that. I, I think people who wear their hat like that are goofs. So anyway. one time he threw on a hat after a game and that's you're you're done with him. Well, you say once. And there was that interview. Has he been on TV more than that? In the locker room <laughs> post game, they're showing him getting the game ball. Now he's got his hat on backwards and tilted that quarter backwards. I was like, he can't even wear his hat backwards. Right. What the hell is this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so and then you look at him and he's just like. The more he was talking, I was like, man, I just I really need to not see him for me to like even the more I'm seeing of him. I'm like, uh, I, it kind of makes me want him to not work. But as of today, you know, after sleeping on it, I'm back on the Tyson Bajan bandwagon, but I'm going to have to shut Bears games off immediately after the clock hits zero. I can't see any postgame stuff. Okay. <laughs> He just kind of looks oh. like a guy I wouldn't get along with. Fair enough. Like an acquaintance kind of person. Not even. <laughs> All right. What else we got here? Um, we got John you Leonard. look ahead any of the schedule? Oh. <laughs> no. There's not much. Don't bother. There's not that much. I was going to so, say, I don't really on. care. 
the thing I wrote down was the lines, you know, rebounding. And uh, so that's, that's how great this schedule is next, next month, next Boyer. week. Oh, um, the destroyer. All right, well, I think, uh, I think it's time you bring on John Leonard. John Leonard is with us on the Yak Sports Podcast. It's been a while, John, um, but we needed to have you on because uh, Leland wants to talk MLB playoffs, and frankly, uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't. I need something to do that with. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> so uh, your Phillies are, uh, you know, they didn't, I don't think they won today. Um, they did not. Okay. Hey, they- we're right on it. We're right up to date on this podcast tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they did not win today. It's true. So they go to game seven uh, against the Diamondbacks, uh, the Rangers. Woo! They're off You're to a hot it, start. Woo! Up to the minute. Yeah. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> we're doing this. This is, we got to let people know the situation we're inheriting here. Like, John is coming in off of a loss, but his team is in the NLCS, one win away from a World Series potentially. And, uh, you know, it'd be, the second straight World Series appearance for them if they get in there. There we go. Now we're flowing. Those things are also true. <laughs> so how pumped are you, man? You're taking yeah. one one win away from a World Series. Uh, you know, we talked a, bit, a little bit pre, uh, and you were you were talking about the heck of a run. But like, how pumped are you about your Phillies? Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm really disappointed at how at how badly they played tonight. They just just not a lot of. Not a lot of fire, a little listlessness there, but uh, but yeah, I, I heard somebody argue the other day that this might be the best run in Philly's team history. Um, I'm not sure I want to go quite that far, but I would say it's, it might be the second or third best in my entire life. So yeah, I'm really excited. I, it's been a it's been a really fun year. I I love how Stott and Bohm and Marsh have all as young players have all take, taken huge strides and uh, that just bodes really well for the future as, as well. Even if they lose tomorrow, I think next year looks like it's going to be a good year. So, so yeah, you go. Um, you've, you've obviously been a fan of baseball and in general and, and kind of followed a lot of teams, especially major league baseball and come playoff time. Like, are you kind of surprised at how, well Bryce Harper has kind of won over this Phillies fan base after playing for the rival Washington Nationals franchise for so many years he comes over and it's almost like he's been a Philly his whole career like he has embraced that city embraced the fans and and, in turn they have kind of embraced him absolutely you know I I have a I have he's not exactly a, a family member I have a friend who lives in the Philly area and he actually reached out to me a couple days ago and said is Bryce Harper better than Mike Schmidt? Like that's, <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. That's Ooh. how much he has won over that city. And and I don't think it's it's not even close. But we went on to talk about leadership. And I think that Bryce Harper is a better leader than Mike Schmidt was. Lord knows Bryce Harper would make a better broadcaster than Mike Schmidt because he's pretty <laughs> terrible. Not a high but, yeah, but uh, yeah, I you know in the very beginning when Harper signed, it, it seemed like he was trying a little too hard. Like he was wearing the the fanatic cleats and um, the bandanas and everything, and the fans were kind of like, "Well, I don't know about this guy." But I mean, he's been there, been there what five years now, and uh, Philadelphia loves him to the core now, no doubt. I mean, they're he's the leader of the pack. I, I don't know if he's the leader. He's one of the leaders of the pack. 
of just bashing out homers nonstop for this team. And that's when they win is when those, when the ball's flying out of the yard, you know, I'm, I grew up a national league baseball fan, so I'm not used to uh, all these homers and uh, I'm used to, you know, small ball and, and working it around, but it causes for some exciting watches. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And that, that top three of the lineup for sure. Pitchers just can't, can't make a mistake or, or uh, Schwarber or Turner or Harper will go deep. It's, it's been quite a run here. Well, with um, kind of expanding it out a little bit. um, Some people have said, you know, when, when you have these hundred win teams, and you get into the playoffs and they don't win a game in the playoffs, or I think like the top five seeds all won one game combined in the playoffs. Um, some people have said, you know, how is that an accurate representation of field finding your best team? And why, why play 162 games? If when you get to the playoffs, you kind of create a somewhat disadvantage when the wild card series go, how they go. And then they're able to reset their rotations. Um, how do you feel as I, I'm sure, you know, your Phillies have been the beneficiary of it, but as a general principle and for, as a fan of major league baseball, uh, how do you feel? Well, the evidence looks pretty bad, doesn't it? That, that all of these really good teams got bounced out as, as quickly as they did. So I admit, I admit that it doesn't look very good. I, I think that we need to let this, I mean, I would, I would want to let it go a little bit more before we decide if this is actually a thing or not. Um, somebody, somebody ran a study. I can't remember if it was on fan graphs or the athletic or something where they looked at layoffs for, for more than four days and they did not find evidence that it was hurtful in the past. Um, so I, I would, I would hesitate to, to leap to a conclusion here. Of course, that's kind of my nature. Sure. Things are anyway. Um, and there's a huge advantage to being able to have your pitching staff all set up. Also, like the Phillies had to start their third starter in that game one against Atlanta. Um, now it turns out he went out and fired a great game. Um, and maybe that's because Atlanta's bats went cold, I, you know, uh, but there's, there's pluses and minuses to, to all of it. Uh, and, you know, and the good thing that's we're getting to now is that we're going to have two seven game series in this uh, league championship series. Um, and we're, you're, we're watching the Texas Houston one that's going on on Monday night. And then we already know the Phillies are going to seven there. You know, I, I feel like this might start to make up for the excitement that was lost when those teams went out quick and we had those couple nights without baseball. That's where I really think they need to look at scheduling and make sure like the, the risk of having zero games on in that first two weeks of October is minimized. I, I know you can't rule out every possibility, but have a little more leeway with moving games or having games just to like, you're capturing everybody's attention going into those playoffs. I think it's important to, to hold on to it. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. John Phillies were in it. You were watching either way. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my thing with it is like, I, I don't understand why major league baseball, you know, you have the three games set, right? Like give the day one sixty two happens day off. Wild card have starts to that day off in case there is any playoffs that have to happen. Like um, one offs. Yeah, I, I think Major League Baseball has kind of gotten rid of that though. Like, there's now tiebreakers. I thought if a game went a different way this year, that like someone was going to have to play on that Monday. I, I thought I remember hearing that. So, 
I don't know. That's Maybe if saying. there's a tie for the last wild card. I know divisions and stuff, they've gotten rid of that. Like, there's now tiebreakers. Because the Orioles and Rays, the O's had the tiebreaker if they finished tied. O's were going to win Maybe the division. it was in a wild card, but it's, um, I remember that being a factor. But day off anyway. Like, that's fine. And then wild card starts. And if that series ends in two days, so be it. Then that team has to get on a plane and go to whoever they're playing. And then they play the very next day. Kind of at least giving that team that had the bye then, like, okay, you can't reset your rotation. Texas Rangers or or uh, the other team. Whoever played the Orioles, yeah. The Twins. Um, <laughs> Minnesota Twins. Like, yeah. So, like, it starts the next day, and you, you kind of got to go. And, um, you know, there's some people that are like, oh, it's not really fair. You know, you, you got to know where you're going. And I'm like, not really. Like, planes go everywhere. Like, uh, you're telling me a Major League Baseball team can't charter a plane somewhere? Look, they, they do it in the, the regular time. season. They were going to change the time of the Phillies game. If if Houston and Texas finished in six, the Phillies were going to play at eight tonight. Yeah. yeah. Instead, they went to a game seven, so they played the Phillies at five. Well, they made that adjustment. They should be able to make other adjustments. Well, they too. knew we had you scheduled for the podcast recording. So like, yeah, they, they were like, oh, we got to bump away. John up. Yeah, we got to bump his Phillies yeah. game up so we know what we're talking about. <laughs> I can't imagine if we were talking during that inning when when <laughs> Nola fell apart. That would have just been gross. I, I was already thinking ahead that like if if things didn't work out right, we'd either push push one day or the other. So uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, the Valley League they don't mess around, man. Like when when one series yeah. is over and the other one and the two teams match up, they go right away. It doesn't matter what the other bracket is doing. Yeah, yeah. and, and so, I like so, that. I, I think that makes sense. Um, if if they wanted to say, you know, like okay, after the ALDS, like, we're going to wait for the ALCS teams to be decided and the NLCS teams to be decided, and then we'll start that series. Okay, whatever. That's fine, I guess. But, like, I do think in terms of getting those series started, because then, like Leland said, you don't have days where you don't have baseball games. Like, you're just going. There's always a game, and the the network, whether it be Fox or TBS or whatever, is, like, ready to go. We know we got a game. Um. Yeah, and those are the ones that Fox even has on FS1 anyway. So, yeah, that, so it's who not cares? that big a deal. TBS can show Big Bang Theory another time. It's not a, that big a deal. Um, I and I like, and that's what I think is really important in the front side of the playoffs. Now, the, at the end of the playoffs, you know, the Friday start for the World Series or whatever. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Fox that's has fine. all that locked in on Fox. I'm not really as complaining about that. It's those first two weeks of October. It just kind of came out like a dud this year. And I know that's one year. And I think both issues we brought up here. That was this year, but I mean that's that's what's most recent in our memory. Well, but last year, last year there was only one team that had a buy that won two, and it was the same team as this year. It's been the Houston Astros both times. Everybody else has lost that's had a buy in the history of this format. Now it's two years. You can say small sample size, but that's what eight eight times eight teams with that scenario and six have lost. That's a lot. That's not. Yeah. If you're Major League Baseball, the point of having the L.A. Dodgers and the New York Yankees and all these other really good teams year in, year out, be at the top, you want them to be playing deep in October. You don't want the Milwaukee Brewers who stumble in to push their way through into a World Series, and then you're sitting there. Like, honestly, like a nightmare World Series for Major yeah. League Baseball would have been the Minnesota Twins and, like, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Arizona. They would have – Rob Manfred would have been, like – uh just kidding. World Series canceled. Like they would have changed the system today if that was like it would have been like never. We won't pursue this. Direction I will anymore. say if it had been the New York Yankees that got swept by the Texas Rangers, we would have a change. I absolutely believe that. 
Rob Manfred would have been like, nope, we can't do this again. He might have even said Texas has got to now win like a best of 11 against the Yankees. <laughs> add another. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to add uh, four more potential games that they got to win. Best out of 13. Your, yeah. Your, your Yankees hatred, Joe, I think it might be deeper than mine. It's, it's... <laughs> I just, well, you know, Leland laughed because I've been saying for years that there is a implicit bias toward the Red Sox and the Yankees with Major League Baseball. In the year that they both finish at the bottom of the AL East, he goes, why is this year the year that everyone is like, do we even need division still? And I was like, brother, mm. welcome. I, I hear that. I hear that. I, like, I, want, I want divisions. I definitely want to keep divisions. So, okay. So if you could change one thing, maybe leave the last two topics. I already heard your opinion on it. If, they, if there's something in baseball that needs changed, what is it, John? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We've already gave in to the DH. Dangerous We've question. Already, you know, <laughs> loosened up the division schedules. So, like, what what needs to change, or what needs to get changed back? What what do we need? What do we need to help baseball? We got a shot. We got a pitch clock. I mean, we've made a bunch of changes. Well, to buy some time, I I I, I love the pitch clock. Yes. In, in in speeding up the game, it's it's it has changed the the viewer experience. Um, incredibly, I, I just I just think it's a great change. Yeah, I can't work and and watch baseball at the same time anymore. It's it it, it stinks in that manner, but I like it for the sport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to I used to when I'd watch the Phillies, I'd fall behind and then I'd 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 fast forward fifteen seconds, you know, and go to the next pitch and keep. I can't do that anymore because yeah. they're pitching within that. Um, man, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say. I. I mean, I, I'm always somebody that, that complains about the inequity between the owners and the players. Um, that's something that something that I get worked up about pretty often. Um, the owners crying, crying poor and saying that we don't have enough money and Johnny Angelos, <laughs> you know, Pittsburgh and Oakland yeah. and really, and they're just soaking. Like they're just, they're just raking in millions and millions and millions every year, refuse to open their books and continue to cry, uh, cry about being poor. And it's just not true. Um, now I don't know. I don't know what do you force, force all the teams to open their books? Uh, you know, we you may work be on getting that, collective, that. that, that collective, that the bargaining that they do and, and, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I think baseball has has moved to change some of the things that seemed unfair, um, like the idea of leaving minor league players, like the the top prospects, down for the first couple months of the season to to keep their service clock from from setting. Um, they they made some moves to change that. Um, I don't know though. I I love the sport and. I don't get it when when people complain about baseball, like like my daughters, for example. <laughs> I, it's a lot more watchable now, so I, I I love that. That's my favorite recent change. So I'm glad you brought that up with the pitch clock. Um, I I think I, I probably it, it affects the inequity that you were talking about. Just like the NFL produces a an entertaining product year after year where most teams have some kind of hope in the preseason 
And there's a lot of teams in baseball that don't have real hope in, in spring training. So I, I would be interested in some kind of salary cap and some kind of thing. And I think, you know, that's going to play hand in hand with the inequity that you're saying, but something to get everybody like get the floor in there and um, you know, not just a cap, but also a floor. And I think that would help the sport overall because everybody talks about how regional it is. And I think that would maybe help it unregionalize itself a little bit. I would be okay with a floor. I would not, I wouldn't be okay with a cap. Not with the way the financial system is set up now. See, we uh, hate the Yankees more than you. So, <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to be in favor of a cap um, without having directly talked to him about it. Um, but he, um, I, I get why John doesn't like the cap. As an Orioles fan, I, I want a cap because we're never going to spend as much as the Yankees or the Dodgers. Um, not with John Angelos as the owner. Um, but I'm a Pirates fan, so I have to have a floor. <laughs> yeah, we're also the reason you have to have a floor. Like John Angelos is saying, he didn't make any money, and I'm like, well, we went from we went from being a middle tier team in payroll to being the floor, and apparently you lost money, according to you. So yeah, I don't. We know. went to water guns on Wednesday nights in the stands. It must that, that, that's those super soakers ain't free, uh, apparently. No, um, apparently not. I don't believe him. I don't. Believe oh, him I don't either. Yeah, but no. and I wasn't able to read the story. I'm still trying to find out. Uh, it's because of the minor league teams that got axed. There are a handful of states, attorney generals, that have taken uh, Major League Baseball and have asked the Supreme Court to re- review their antitrust status and whether it's constitutional or not. And Congress is still looking into this as well. Um. So we may get to see those books because it may be a thing of like, okay, well, I mean, you ask these minor leagues teams, ask these minor league teams because you were losing so much money. Let's, let's see it. Is and this, then is this business Congress can address while they don't have a speaker or, uh, probably not. <laughs> um, yeah. Who knew that that was going to bring a halt to that too. Um, that's a separate problem. We may never get that solved. It may be decision night 2024 and we don't know who the speaker of the house is, but <laughs> Yeah, that's gosh, that's a whole other thing. Um, Man, when when revenue sharing is is giving each major league team whatever it is between oh, seventy five and a hundred yeah. million dollars, yeah, and then and then Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's entire you know their entire salary is at thirty five million. Like, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out these these owners are getting rich. Yeah, yeah. richer, richer, I should say. And the the other thing that I think. You know, when baseball wants to not be regional and wants to be national, I think another thing that would help that would be, um, I don't know, not having the blackout rule. Like, I, <laughs> sometimes Major League Baseball makes it hard That's on themselves to get fans. Like, they're there like, this would be a great way to get fans, so let's not do that. Like, let's blackout games. Let's let's have these regional networks, and that's the only way you can watch these teams. That's in, infinitely stupid. Like, I don't with the regional networks that are going bankrupt. I don't know why Major League Baseball hasn't looked at the owners and said, "Hey, guess what?" And this is where the Yankees would complain, and the Dodgers might complain, and the Orioles and Nationals would complain. But I think the other owners, he could probably convince them. Just looking at him, saying, "You know what we're going to do? We're going to do what MLS did. We're gonna we're gonna package all thirty teams, and we're gonna sell it to a streamer, and we're gonna make it a national bundle, and people are gonna buy in, and we'll cut that up." We can, you can cut that up however you want. There's creative ways you can do that. You can say, hey, if most of our subscribers have this New York address, Yankees and Mets, 
you get the biggest slice of the pie. If, you know, these number of uh, subscribers are in what we define as the Orioles and Nationals geographic footprint, you get that slice of money or whatever. Uh, But uh, to me, like, baseball still insisting on, like, well, we're going to try to find a way for these regional networks to work. I'm like, oh, great. A dinosaur trying to support a dinosaur. Like, you're both going to eventually kill yourselves because you're just too stubborn to look at the future and see where it is. The NBA is already starting to explore this kind of thing. Like the leagues who get it, get it. And the leagues who don't, don't. And as, as good as I think these rule changes were, and I, I think Rob Manfred, when it comes to the rule changes, drags some fans kicking and screaming. It's like when it comes to the business side and how to grow the sport outside of the game itself, he doesn't quite grasp that. Like, Calling your trophy a hunk of metal, not great. <laughs> Getting rid of minor league baseball teams, not great. We have these fingers and all these communities. Let's just chop our hands off real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the in the name of saving, you know, five bucks, relatively speaking, or whatever. Like, because they're like, oh, well, it's expensive to pay for these minor league players. I'm like, I've seen some of these minor league parks. No, it's not. That cannot cost uh, Rob, money. Rob Manfred, he works. He works for the owners. Period. It's, yeah. it's not really about what's doing what's right for baseball. It's it's how to make these thirty. But ownership but wouldn't the case there be like this is a long term growth? Mm-hmm. You're going to make more money in the long term if we don't do this really dumb thing in the short term. Now, sure. uh, yes, a lot of those owners are old and they're probably like, well, I'm not going to be here in thirty years, so who cares? That's my son's problem. Yeah, that's my son's problem. Like, okay, like Johnny, and this is the this is the frustrating part with with the Orioles in particular, and this is kind of jumping all over the place. But like Johnny Angelo, the Angelos family gets their money from the Orioles. Like, they made their money outside of baseball a long time ago on asbestos lawsuits in the state of Maryland, and. Now they own the Orioles, and if what the Orioles don't bring in, they don't get. So it's not like some of the other MLB owners that kind of treat this as a toy um, and then claim losses that are creative accounting. Um, John Angelos is like, well, you know, if I don't make as much as the Yankees, then I don't make as much as the Yankees, and I'm making bare, I'm scraping by here. And I'm like, okay. then sell the team. Like, if that's true, sell the team to Steve Bashotti, somebody who has business outside of Major League Baseball. But I just think that some of these, and I guarantee you he would be one that would fight it because he's got Masson, which he owns. But I promise you there's no, I, there's no way Masson makes money. There's no way. Now, if he told me he's losing money on Masson, I would believe that. But when he says, I lose money on the Baltimore Orioles, I'm like, no, impossible. It's the, if professional sports owners are to be believed, they have the only asset that increases in value and is apparently just a giant money pit. But John knows this, and John has heard me complain about this. He's just a great, he hears you, we hear you. I'm just we, nodding a lot right now. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Game 7. What is the winning formula for Game 7? What are you, What's what's got a... What are the like two or three little clicks that got to go the right way for John to think things are happy tomorrow? 
Well, first of all, did you know, I, I was shocked when I read this, that this is the first game seven in the postseason of the Philadelphia Phillies franchise history. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, I didn't either. I, th- I thought that can't possibly be true. But from 1883 to now, to 2023, it's never happened. Um, so the batters have to work counts. You can't swing at pitches in the dirt, which Trey Turner did all night tonight. Love it. Sorry, it's a little bitter there. Uh, and and really, Ranger Suarez has to has to put in a good four or five innings, I think. Uh, I don't know if Bob Thompson will let him go that far. Um, the other the other thing is, looks like Texas is going to add on a couple runs here. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. You gave us the fun fact about the Phillies. I saw a stat today. Dusty Baker, manager of the Houston Astros, has never won a Game 7 in his career. And Bruce mm. Bochy, manager of the Texas Rangers, has never lost a Game 7 in his career. Oh, my goodness. And someone may have made an investment knowing that stat. <laughs> well, this this incredibly um, talented young player, Evan Carter, just hit a double down the right field line. Yeah. Um, tomorrow we were talking. We were talking about the Phillies again. What What do you need? Nice swing and bad pitches. I need Craig Kimbrell to not pitch in the game. That would be a start. <laughs> nothing. Doing nothing. Yeah, just leaving them <laughs> in the bullpen. Um, I would love to see Rob Thompson trade Kimbrell and Hoffman. Like Jeff Hoffman can pitch the eighth and have Alvarado the ninth if necessary, but. Kimbrell should not see that game. In fact, he pitched tonight and he didn't look good again. I, I think he's I think he's probably done. Joe's laughing at me. I, I just love this. I love this side of fans because I was doing it when certain Orioles pitchers were coming in. I was like, well, we're screwed. Like uh, if he's in the game, we're done. It's, it's called the Mike Timlin rule. Yeah. It's for the Phillies, it's it's the Mitch Williams rule. Yeah, yeah. Poor dude. You know, we can, I can honestly, we can honestly say in 1993, the Phillies would not have been in the playoffs at all without Mitch Williams. Yeah. It also cost them the World Series. I think the Phillies, the Phillies would not be in this position without Craig Kimbrell's closing during the year. Mm-hmm. He had a good year. There's just no doubt. He also almost, almost single handedly blew two games in, in, the, in the NLCS. Yeah. So, it's like Clayton Kershaw, right, with the Dodgers. Like, anytime mm-hmm. you put playoffs on that field, it's like something in his head just goes off, and he's like panic mode and gives up an insane amount of runs. And this last time was really bad, wasn't yeah. it? It was. Yeah. He got, what, one-third of an inning and gave up six it runs? It was the worst. It was the worst he's been. I mean, he yeah. actually had a couple decent games there in a the stretch. I think that's why they won a World Series the other year. But then, yeah, he, he wasted that all back. Um a question that somebody our age asked us the other day. So I'm going to ask you that, you know, you, you might have a year or two on us. What's the most memorable mm. walk-off in your lifetime? Because we all said. It was for a World games. Series, wasn't it? Was it just World Series? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, how many walk-offs have there been that have actually ended a World Series? You had you so had walk-off Masters. homers, not near, not like there's like two or three. It's um, Mazeroski in 1960, right? Yeah, and, and Carter in '93. Yeah. But then there's been walk-off hits, like my Marlins at the time uh, had one, 
and you know, there's been those shots. So I, I think, I, I think the question Carter. was more, I mean, Carter was our answer. Yeah. The, the question was more aimed at, was there a better walk-off moment, not necessarily walk-off, walk-off home run, run, but walk-off yeah. moment walk-off to win a, like to win a title. Crack of the bat. Someone just won. Or a strikeout. Could be a strikeout. You walk off a strikeout too. Man, <laughs> I took it as hit. Gosh, I, I feel I feel really unprepared for this question. Okay. I, will, I will say that. We'll chew on it, and, and we'll I take will, your answer at any given time. I will say that that ever since that 1993 Joe Carter walk off, I have refused to watch that play ever again in my life. So every time it comes on on a commercial or, you know, wow. memories of That's Major tough. League Baseball, I yeah. refuse to watch it. So, Blue Jays did hey, something I, similar, yeah, to me. I got to go to the Hall of Fame uh, last spring, and uh, yeah, you've been there. You had to have been there to the John. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, not for a long time. But so you yeah. just like put your head down and ignore like that one, like the one video board that just continually plays it, or oh, uh, it's '93. <laughs> Let's see. I went twice. I went once when I was. I think eight or nine, and then once when I was sixteen, and that was before. Oh, so you, so yeah, he hasn't been since. You've so avoided it. He knows, like he's got to break. Well, there's that technology in that knows. building that didn't exist when you were sixteen. So I mean, even even better for you. Okay, yeah, I know because <laughs> I had my my picture taken with the the Roberto Clemente statue or the oh. the the wax wax dummy mm-hmm. maybe the wax figure. Yeah. yeah. Um, my parents thought it was hilarious the change from eight to sixteen. <laughs> that's cool though and that was many many years ago as you said leland you're i have due. a few years on you guys you're due again <laughs> yeah it's I gonna be a lot different from what back then like i mean there's like all these video boards just like and you can press buttons and like watch these different plays and a lot of them from the 90s which like i just ate up my whole day watching those like each one of those like systematically watching those but yeah I've, I've heard Cooperstown has a lot of really good bookstores in it too. That has has lots of of good. It's a cool little stuff. town. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a cool town. The, all the baseball stores are awesome. That was like my issue was like halfway through the day, I was like, I'm not even close to done with this museum, and we got to hit all these stores because we we did it in a quick weekend, hmm. and uh, we weren't sticking around on Sunday, so like we kind of had to start um, worrying about our time a little bit. It all worked out, but yeah, it was it, it's a cool town. So, John, again, as a baseball fan, this is game seven tomorrow for the Phillies. If the Phillies lose, um, some people have said it's not worth watching once your team gets eliminated. Um, how do you feel? Are you going to be able to bring yourself to watch the World Series? I watching in June. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think so. I with with Texas, Texas is up eight to two right now over. Yeah, see, that's not a selling point. Yeah. So I I like watching World Series where things where things are different. If if the if the Phillies, if the Phillies make it and are playing Texas, I will obviously I'll watch. And that's really exciting to me because if Texas wins, I will be gravely disappointed but they also have never won a world series before. So God, that's awful. I'll be, I'll be a little bit okay because of that. Right. Um, if it's the diamondbacks, they have, they have won world series before, but, um, I really, I like that team. Um, they've shown a lot of resilience and, um, 
what what do they they call it like sowing chaos or something like that like uh they're a lot of fun to watch and uh depending depending on how my homework is going for the week i i might um sit and watch all of those games that might be major league baseball's second potential worst matchup in a world series would be diamondbacks rangers no, I get it. The, the stuff that I like to see, I, I get it. The, yeah. The vast no, I, I will say, I mean, like, I hate the Astros because of the cheating stuff. I I can't root for the Rangers. Uh, it, I know they've never won a World Series. Cool. I would rather it stay that way. Like, I don't, I don't want them to win a World Series before the Orioles in my lifetime. Um, Diamondbacks, I've already seen them win. I was actually rooting for them at the time because they were playing the Yankees. Yeah, they were playing the Yankees. And it was cool. And I was told I wasn't American by, I don't, was it Jack? (laughs) uh, Who was Joe Buck's, uh, what was his name? It's going to drive me Tim McCarver. Tim McCarver. Yeah, Tim McCarver's like, you're not American if you're not rooting for the Yankees. And I was like, okay, whatever. I guess I'm not American. There was was a good walk-off in that World Series. Luis Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to vote for that one because it brought me more happiness. <laughs> and McCarver called that one. Yeah. Yeah. I said it right before it. I, I like your uh, Texas hope there uh, because that's who you started the season with. It'd be bookends on the season. That'd be good. That's who you guys opened up. You lost the first three games against Texas, but hey, there you go. Oh, wow. That would be interesting if it was Phillies, Rangers, the season opening series and the season ending series. That would be yeah. cool. Major League Baseball, like look at you. Um, the Phillies got off to a terrible start this year. I'm seeing that. Took them forever to get going, but part of that was that Harper was hurt. Yeah. All right. So what? Uh, what other than baseball? Outside of baseball, I mean, we're going to limit you a little bit. But what? What entertainment have you been taking in? Books, movies, TV, anything? What if? What's What's out there? Well, so I will. I will admit. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys, I don't know, Leland, if you even know this or not, but I'm, I'm doing a master's program right now. So almost all of my time is being taken up with, with uh, reading books about counseling and um, it's cool doing internship and all of that. Um, when my partner and I are able to sit down and watch something, we have actually started watching Ted Lasso. We have not hey. watched it before and it's been great fun. Makes you smile, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, a well-written, well-written show. Um, and and most of yeah, most of my reading is is counseling books right now. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, I like Ted Lasso because even with like some serious storylines and stuff, that you still smile pretty much. You know, like you feel good in general. I know there's moments where you don't, and that's like what helps to be entertaining. But like, I, I just like that. It's generally a positive watch. I, I appreciate that. Well, my, my partner usually, she likes to watch like one or two shows in an evening. And we watched six or seven Ted Lasso episodes wow. in a hey. row. Yeah. She liked it so much. So it, it definitely is striking a chord in our household. Good. That is good. I, yeah. Ted Lasso is a good show. So if you haven't and you have Apple plus or can, you know, secure, an account to Apple Plus. Um, I highly recommend it. Thanks, John, for joining us as always. Um, again, uh, I some people say you're our best guest. Um, yeah, who's that? 
you know, I, I would never reveal my sources, like all the other questions where I'm saying some people, I would never reveal my sources. Um, but thanks again for coming on, especially short notice, um, where I was supposed to text you this last week and uh, kind of forgot until today. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate you guys. I, I like listening every week. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pleasure to be on again. It's about you, to be you and my mom, our go-to listeners. It's about to be college football playoff <laughs> debate time, John. So your favorite topic that we do. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>
that's interesting. Relevant source. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that I so far I'm four episodes in. I think they've done a good job. So I've been pretty happy with it. I think I've been waiting to like hear something about that because I just it's spy ops. I'm I yeah gotten, no I've I've heard, I've seen yeah, it yeah. sitting there. I thought it's been good. Well, I uh, I was busy. The reason I watch a whole lot of football this weekend is kind of we had our our use our fall um, traditions kind of all bashed into one weekend because a week ago uh, some of those got delayed. So on Saturday we hosted a uh, Halloween gathering for our family and uh, close friends. And uh, we kind of do that instead of trick-or-treating. I think I've talked about the podcast before. It started because of COVID, but it stuck because it's been a good time. And it's, you know, any of the worries and stuff that you want to come up with about trick-or-treating in a neighborhood, um, you know, you don't have those at our house. And uh, with every, when you know everybody and everybody that, uh, you know, bringing the candy is, you know, family pretty much. So it's nice. And we had a good time. And my wife just goes all out planning great little games and um putting together prizes and stuff. So it's a lot of fun and the kids really like it to where when we talk about the idea of, you know, we have an opportunity to go trick or treat next week and they're like, you know, yeah, we're good. You know, we don't have to, let's, we're satisfied. So it was good. And uh, I loved our costumes. We always have some kind of theme. Um, Most every year there's like a family theme to it. And this year um, to try to keep the kids fully engaged, we kind of let them go with what they wanted to do. And once two of them were kind of on one path, we, we, we made it happen. And it was kind of like, they were like music royalty. Uh, our oldest was Dolly Parton. Our uh, middle kid was Elton John and our youngest was Elvis. And they all pulled it off really well. And um, I mean, Dolly is just top notch in our house, uh, not only for her music, but what all she's done to support communities and literacy and, and everything she does and um, in such a likable personality and everything. So we really push our kids to understand all the great things about Dolly. And uh, my favorite story of that, though, is we did have some haunted rides. And um, my oldest, who was playing Dolly, didn't want to. She we she wanted to be, like, left behind. So she got off the cart, and, and she left me, and we kept going. And then I brought another group. And as I brought another group down, here she is laid beside the driveway, acting like she you know, got murdered by one of the haunted things. And so to see a little 11 year old dressed up as Dolly laying on the ground with uh, the, the the front load that, uh, you know, re- reenacting Dolly's front load, that's all you could see was just, just uh, bosom uh, up in the air. So it was really funny. And uh, that made me laugh as a, as a dad. Um, Cause I think Dolly, you know, as much as you don't necessarily want your kid shoving balloons down her shirt, uh, you know, it's Dolly and it's a different, it's a different situation there. It's not, it's not as, uh, I guess, sexualized or something as, as others. So I, I appreciate, I appreciated their costumes. Stephanie and I went as famous musicians, but not necessarily maybe as royalty, her maybe more so than me. She went Madonna and uh, didn't go full risque Madonna, but she was towards that. That was good. Uh, but then I went in as MC Hammer and it was the most comfortable costume I've got to wear because the uh, the drop crotch pant uh, suited me fine. And uh, so I, I had the right amount of fabric on. I had like an undershirt with a suit jacket kind of pinned up in a way to just look like how MC Hammer dressed in 1990. So it really worked out. And uh, so it was fun. We weren't, you know, Home Alone was last year and uh, that was a fun, 
fun gag, but this year was, you know, famous musicians and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Um, and then Sunday we went on our fall drive and looked at leaves. Hmm. There's leaves everywhere. It was cool. Yeah, I, I think I'd have the same reaction. Um, no, I mean, I like the, the trip with the kids. But okay, I don't think your kids listen to this, so you're probably safe. You can be honest. Uh, they might not be the one pushing for that trip, so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, it's fun. <laughs> it's a tradition, and I like doing that. So sure, it's good quality time. Um, at one o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I try to get it earlier and earlier every year, but <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work as well. Uh, but. No, I've been Last watching. year, we just happened to stop for lunch at a place that would definitely have a TV during the witching hour. <laughs> so. I get it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, my Halloween has been, and I don't have kids come here and trick or treat. So, like, I might, I don't know, I still might go buy a bag of candy before the weekend. Um, but I you won't should. be, I actually won't be here Saturday. So, I guess that won't matter. Um, then you can eat some candy. Yeah. Um, but so you got to buy a bag of candy. What are you going to buy? It'll either be no one that you might have to finish the bag. Yeah, it'll either be a crunch like the small crunch bars, the mini okay. crunch bars, or Reese's cups. Solid. Um, because I'm gonna be the one that eats it. So, um, maybe your kids will get some. I don't know. Um, hey, that's what happened last year. Reese's then. Yeah, that is what happened <laughs> last year. They loved that. Um. But yeah, um, that was one of my favorite moments in that press box at Riverheads where your kids came up and I was like, who wants candy? And you were, you just give me a look <laughs> and your kids are like, yeah! Candy <laughs> yeah, and I just give them the whole bag and you're like, what? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> but, you didn't have any moments that topped it this week or anything? Uh <laughs> But, um, <laughs> yeah, is, um, like the Halloween for me, uh, outside of, you know, eating whatever I don't give to Leland's kids, um, is watching stuff on Netflix. And I talked about the fall of the house of Usher last week. Um, but this week was Disney plus has, uh, like a, a goosebump series. So you mentioned that last week. Yeah. I don't love it. Um, we, it's just. We watched Charlie Brown the other night, which I don't love either. No, I just, I don't know, man. Again, it's, oh, I do remember this because we were talking about the actor I don't like. Um, just I just, long, yeah. yeah, I just can't get over him. And then um, the other things that I, that are on the list to watch, like, I'm just like, man, I don't know. Like, I need to go on on some of these other apps that I'm not normally on and see what they have for their Halloween collection. Because I've seen the Netflix collection. There's some good stuff on there. But there's a lot of stuff on there, too, that I'm just like, nah, let's just take it or leave it. Like, it. and there was one night where I was looking for something to watch that was, like, Halloween-oriented. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, this movie sucks. And I just 
pulled the ejection cord on it, and I put on The Big Lebowski, which is not Halloween-oriented at all. But I do love it. And it had been a while since I'd seen the movie, and I was I have the DVD, and I was like, this is great. I love this. So you put it on, uh, did you put it on like a channel that had it on or like with commercials or did you put it on? Like, no, I, I have the free? DVD. I put the DVD you, in. You shoved the DVD in. Okay. Uh, Cause I was good. I, it's on Amazon prime with commercials. Uh, yeah. But then the first time the commercials came on, I was like, I'm not doing this. I have the DVD. Yeah. And so That's I went, I, I went and got yep. the DVD. Um, and I didn't have to worry about lines like I'll slurp your Coke for a thousand dollars. Um, or this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Like I got the real, lines um although those lines are just works of art that is when that's from a bygone era that's when instead of just beep or like the sound going off they wrote alternate lines to dub over if it was on a cable channel and whoever did them for the big lebowski was just if it was the coen brothers hats off that's even better writing um because some of those are just funny uh, like the line i'll slurp your coke for a thousand dollars like my brother and i say that to each other <laughs> like <laughs> we'll make that joke around when we're in a family-friendly area that we can't say what the line's supposed to be <laughs> it's like i'll slurp your coke for a thousand dollars especially if one of us has a coke that we're <laughs> drinking it's oh man and that's what that's a line that mom doesn't get because she <laughs> she hasn't seen that movie. So that's uh that's a movie mom knows she wouldn't like, so she hasn't seen it. So she she doesn't understand why my brother and I always laugh at I'll slurp your coke for a thousand dollars, but so I'm assuming access didn't hurt your like there's not a Halloween movie out there that like you want to watch that you haven't been able to. Like you're just struggling with Halloween movies. Yeah, it's it's almost like um, Netflix, and Netflix has some I want to watch, but it's, like I said, it's, on Netflix, it's almost like a, there's too many options right now, I don't know which one, and if I pick one, and I make a bad choice, instead of going to the other ones, I'm just like, meh, I'm out. Hulu, Disney Plus has got nothing for me. I'm not, I'm not in it for Halloween Town, or Hocus Pocus 2, or any of that. Were you into Hocus Pocus 1? Hocus Pocus 1's fine. I've seen it. Yeah. I'm not big on it. I never was before. So. If I never see it again, I'll be okay. I've taken to it. Yeah. It's kind of where I'm at. Um, I know I'm not that lucky though, too. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, speaking of kids, my cousin who I went to watch the lions game, one of the free games, if you're a PlayStation plus person, um, which is what you need to play online with other people, uh, you get free games every month. And one of the free games was Farming Simulator. I don't know, 2022, because apparently that's a game that needs to come out every year. Um, and <laughs> he he got he downloaded it. It was like, oh, man, this might be something I can use with my kids to avoid watching whatever Disney show they watch for the millionth time. Like, I might be able to convince them to play this game instead. And he said that was his hope on Saturday night. And then when I saw him on Sunday afternoon, he goes, uh, that did not go as planned. He goes, my kid was into it for about two minutes and then was like, all right, this sucks. I want to watch Paw Patrol. And he goes, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, 
I just laughed because I was like, that sound, your kid sounds about like how I would feel if I was playing Farming Simulator. I'd be like, this is fun for about two minutes and then I want no part of it. Um, but I told him, I was like, what you need to get is truck driving simulator. Something that's got some, it's going to be boring as hell if you're an adult, but if you're a kid, you know, oh, I'm driving a truck, like whatever. And I can crash it into stuff. Um, but there's nowhere to drive the tractor other than the cornfield. So, um, but yeah, like I, I just, I don't know. I need to see what Hulu's got. I, I don't think Apple Plus is going to have anything for me, really. So, I I don't find I thought it's the reason I was kind of like poking at this question is like I just don't. There's not like Christmas movies. I got like maybe a HBO range Max that I'm has great stuff with, and I can repeat them a lot. And like, luckily, I've brainwashed. Yeah, see, I don't like enough. to repeat on the Halloween stuff. That's the thing. I don't. I I don't like anything on Halloween. Like, I haven't found something like oh, I gotta watch that at Halloween. Like, I can't. I don't know if there's one. Oh, uh, no, it's not like a certain thing I want to watch every year. Like the Mike Flanagan series, whatever that is, I try to watch every year because it's usually good. He's only had one miss and he's this the fall of the House of Usher, I thought was a hit. So I was back in. But then it's like trying to watch just different horror movies that maybe I haven't seen. Um, and yeah, I'm not big on the horror movies. So it might be part of it for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a I like some of them, but then some of them are just bad. And so. That's the problem. Like sometimes I watch a movie and I'm like, oh, this is the main character that I'm supposed to like and supposed to, you know, root for. And I'm already rooting for them to die. So I'm going to have to eject on this movie. Um, and. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, I'll be dressing up for Halloween for the first time in years. Um, Where are you headed? The trivia night I do with uh, some friends is having a Halloween themed trivia night where you can dress up in costumes. So we're going as people from Jurassic Park. Awesome. Just got to cover up the Orioles logo on my Wild Bill hat. And then um, I've got the sunglasses, the shirt, and the pants for uh, Dr. Alan Grant. So that's who I'm being. There you go. Very cool. We aren't doing the... We aren't doing the typical trick-or-treating on Halloween. That's why I'm talking about Halloween this week because I think we're kind of mostly Halloweened out. Next weekend won't be... I think a lot of the events are next weekend and we won't be participating then. And then uh, on Halloween night, I think we're just going to like the usual family places we used to go after we trick-or-treated. So that'll be good. Yeah, hopefully. You still get to take taxes from that. It doesn't matter if we don't go to all the same events. I still take the same amount of taxes. I get it. I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Like, you got to, I mean, the dad tax. It's teaching the children. Yeah, it is. I mean, the dad tax is necessary, so. It's it's good parenting. I won't be convinced otherwise. Yeah, and then sometimes you got to tell them, you know, hey, there's a crisis in the Middle East. The dad tax has got to increase. Like, yeah, we need a little more. <laughs> Daddy's got to get through this. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's got to watch a lot of crappy news. Yeah. You got some stickers in there? Because yeah. there's some. Hey. Those who have a lot of stickers have yeah. to pay more, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Hey, we have got to sue the NCAA because JMU's not in a bowl game. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of it, they've got, you know, an almond joy. Ugh, they can have them. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, at the end, yeah. you're just like, oh, here's all your almond joys. And you're like, What? Stickers, Butterfingers, Reese's, those are the, that's where the taxes come out of. That's the, the range of, uh, 
candy income that gets taxed. Uh, you know, the the Rolos and even the old little little uh, sweeties and stuff. We let them have that because, uh, especially the sweeties, they get excited because that's like, oh, what is that? Twenty pieces of candy in one wrapper. That makes them all excited. That's good. And so we let them we let them have that fun. But the Butterfingers, I enjoy. They're not Butterfingers are not the best candy. No, but you don't, I don't get like them it. very often. Like there's only there's only maybe three Butterfingers across across a bag. So like, you gotta you gotta take it while it's there. Nah, I'm not a big fan of Butterfingers. It's really oh, Reese's caught up in your mouth, and yeah, nah. yeah I mean, it, Reese's there's drawbacks, but. Reese's, the Crunch Bars, um, plain M and M's, Snickers is something that's really come along for me recently. Like when I was a kid, nah. I wasn't into it, but like as an adult, I'm like, I like these Snickers; they're good. Nah, I don't like my peanuts being covered in chocolate. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't know what I don't like covered in chocolate, and I'm not even a big dessert guy. But man, nah. it's nah. not for me. All right, well, let's get out of here so everybody else can go start celebrating Halloween. We will be back with an episode next week that will be just before Halloween. Oh, but, we but. didn't mention it. We probably should uh, because we've been talking about how Buffalo Gap's not going to the playoffs. Buffalo Gap is most certainly going to the playoffs because 1B because changed the everybody. rules. Yeah, yeah, 1B changed the rules. So eight teams are going to go, which means everybody who's eligible in 1B is going because there's only nine teams and one of them is not eligible. So changed the rules before the season started just for anybody that heard what you just said. They changed the rules. Yeah, we just didn't catch before it. Before the season. We just didn't know that. I don't um, know why you would do that. I don't know why you would take every team. Now, I will. I do remember Region 1B having all eight teams before. Uh, right when it was right before Riverheads went up to Class 2 the last time. Uh-huh. It was like Stonewall, Windless Stonewall kept getting in. Yeah, it, I thought they learned the lesson then. They didn't. Uh, you know, Riverheads leaves that dis- that region and then they, oh, everybody's in. I, I don't see the need for it. Seems like Sussex Central and whoever else is up there deserves a, a, a buy. So. And again, it's just like to me, it's just. It's a lot of money to spend to go lose a game, you know, you have no business playing in. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I don't even think that's being like disrespectful to Buffalo Gap. It's just stating facts. So. That region's too spread out to to force that to happen, like. If everybody was in the same, if everybody's up and down 81. I'm telling you, it's not as, it's not the most spread out region I've seen to be, to be totally well. Sussex central is far away. Never mind. Maybe. I mean, William Campbell didn't come to Riverheads one time because they didn't want to. How far is it to Sussex central? Where's what? How far is it from Buffalo Gap to Sussex central? Probably three and a half hours, right? Oh yeah. It might be, have to be a Sunday game. (laughs) You or mean no, Saturday. Saturday game. Saturday game. Yeah, I knew what you meant, but yeah. I'm added a day. And Pioneer times. The wrong point. Yeah, Pioneer times will make a <laughs> Sunday game. Um, Two hours and 39 minutes. That's less than I thought. Oh, okay. Then it's not. Then because you want to know 4D, I, I was surprised to learn this this year. Yeah, Region 4 has some weird stuff. 4D is Sharando High School, like James Wood High School, Hanley High School. So as far north as Winchester, all yeah. the way down to Salem in Roanoke. That is a hike. That's three hours plus. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. I was like, oh, someone's driving a long way to get their butt kicked by Salem. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's probably what, like right at three hours? Hour and a half north of here, hour and a half south, hour south of here. Yeah. That's solid. I mean, in, in the regions, that that's tough. I don't get why you have regions that big. I don't get why if if regions no, are going to be that I big. Mean, 
you and I have talked about this off air, and I'll just have the conversation on air. I am a full-blown fan of six teams per region across the board. Top two get buys. That way you're rewarding these teams that have great regular seasons. And you know what? If you don't want teams to have buys, then get four. Because when when I was in high school, it was four per region. And there were seven and three teams not going to the playoffs. And that was life. And I'm not saying that's great, which is why I say if you want six, that's fine. But when you look around and it's like three win teams and two win teams and no win teams in the playoffs, I'm like, who is this for? Like, yeah. oh, you know, we want we want the kids to enjoy their time in high school. I'm like, well, who enjoys getting on a yellow school bus, riding three hours away from home to get your face kicked in so you can drive back home three hours and just waste a weekend? Yeah, I I have my issues. I, I know there's probably I think the idea that like one rule suits all might be wrong, but like it wasn't that long ago. Stewart's draft was in like Virginia High from Bristol and stuff. They were coming up to Stewart's draft. I remember for um, playoff games, and that's three and a half hours. I well, mean, that's when they then, just each each classification had two 16, regions. Yeah, that east was and west, and it was sixteen, and that's why they yeah. went back to regions. I honestly, and I know I say this being a homer of a team that would still be in the playoffs all these times. I I played in the era on teams that you, it was four teams in the region, like yeah. not eight, four. And like, it was hard to make the playoffs. And there was, that's when like, you were a playoff team. Good. Like you were good. Like you had a, you had a good season. And that, that's like what starts with like, remember the Titans, like, like you better be in the playoffs or you're the biggest, you know, like, and then it's like, oh, that's so impossible. That's so hard. It's like if you lost a game, you might you're probably not in the playoffs. Like it's tough, and like that it isn't the worst thing. Now it does put more um, on the powerpoints. It puts more, you know, magnification on how important those are. But I don't know. I don't. I we could go back and probably examine how many times the state champions or region champions even come out from outside of that. I mean, they happen, but it's it's not a whole lot. That's why I so. feel like six is fine. Like. I'm I'm all for rewarding these teams that have great regular seasons and are in the top two. Like I'm yeah, all for rewarding them, giving them a week to rest up, get healthy before the playoffs. Yeah. I'm all for that. And, and I just I hate the idea of like the, these regions that continually produce <sighs> not only losing record teams with have having a with one and zero win teams that like you you just gotta you immediately gotta change it. Like you, you don't need to wait for the next cycle. Just next year we have six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, class two has a lot of regions where you're looking at it. It's like a two and eight team is going to be in this thing. Great. I mean, I get in some of those other regions that have like, a, there's, there's some loaded regions and stuff and you still have like seven win teams that are eight seeds. Like it's not who we're attacking, but like it wouldn't hurt them either. Like it, like, no, cause that seven win team's going to go. That seven win team's gonna go get their face kicked in too. Like at the end of the day, some of these regions, it's just like I, I that's why I think it should be six across the board. And I know, yes, there are regions where six and four teams would miss the playoffs then. But you know what? Six Not and four teams used to miss with yeah, four teams. So. I I was gonna say there was a year Serena was eight and two and didn't go. And yeah. I was just like, Oh yeah, them's the breaks. You lost to the two wrong teams. Yep. And, and yeah, it was frustrating for the guys that were on the football team, but I was like, oh, well, 
you you knew if you lost this game, you weren't going to the playoffs and you lost. So, okay. That's the same thing as a playoff. You know, yeah, exactly. You don't advance. Exactly. So, So, yeah, it's. Yeah, I I don't know. It doesn't help gap. It's like if it was a benefit for gap, then I would probably be the opposite. There isn't. There's no benefit. There's no benefit. Yeah, because they're not beating Brunswick or Sussex Central. Whoever wins that game and gets to be the one seed, Buffalo Gap won't have to worry about. But they're not beating the two seed either. But we'll talk more facts like that next week on the Exports Podcast. Make sure you're following us so you don't miss it uh, at the Exports Pod on the social medias. And uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Podbean. So uh, we'll talk to you next week about all the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County Sports fan. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County Sports Podcast.